Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by Manscaped, the very best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Oh, my God. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LGB at manscaped.com. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. As the world's only personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment and your DNA, ID Life provides its members with high-quality ingredients backed by pure science. It's science. Check out rockinthatidlife.com and speak with Dustin about how you can reach your goals today. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Centerize Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit centerizebury.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Center Ice Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go blues. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a Donnie Brook. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogilvorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 37 of Let's Go Blues Radio and our uh, live 2021 postseason recap show. This is the fully vaccinated, underappreciated, Stanley Cup vindicated, super stimulated, often imitated, never duplicated, someday syndicated, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Please check out our sponsors, manscaped.com, rockin'thatidlife.com, and centerizebrewery.com. We're broadcasting live on Thursday, May 26, 2021. This is franchise episode number 303 all the time. To interact with this show on social media, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just do a search for Let's Go Blues Radio. You'll find us. Check out our Discord server at letsgoblues.com slash Discord to interact with other blues fans there. It's fantastic. Check it out. Trust me. Uh, we're dual live streaming right now on YouTube and Facebook. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the show. Smash the bell so you'll get notifications when we do go live. Uh, Mr. Bill Day is on assignment this evening, so it's just Jim, Mr. Jeff Ponder and myself. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the show. And uh, I think uh, I speak for both of us when I say that uh, we were hoping not to do this show for quite a while yet. Yeah, I think we thought at least a couple more weeks, uh, maybe a second round appearance, but uh, obviously things did not work out that way. So uh, let's drink pretty hard, Mr. Bryce. <laughs> right. <laughs> clang, clang, clank. Clank. Our, our show, Let's Go Blues Radio, does not stop. Uh, we go year round. We have done this for a number of years now. Uh, Jeff uh, kind of has a, uh, his deal in the summer where he does... Uh, uh, fantastic interviews with um, uh, former blues players, notable uh, blues uh, personalities. 
uh current blues players um you, you name it uh he's had it on so uh we'll be doing uh, some more of that kind of thing this summer um, along with uh, bill and i are going to join jeff a little more often this offseason to discuss the expansion draft the entry draft uh any free agency news uh, which we usually do anyway but uh, but we'll be we'll be partaking in some more group shows this summer more a little more than we usually do with that too so uh every i'm happy to have you <laughs> so stay I, tuned there was yes. a period where i think we had it was like eight seven or eight weeks where you guys weren't on and i'm just like man i'm i'm getting kind of lonely doing this podcast by myself <laughs> <laughs> well uh we're happy to join you and uh i'm, I'm not gonna lie a few weeks go by and i miss it so I mean, yep. it, it is nice to have the 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 brain break uh, after a week or two, but then I'm ready to come back. So uh, looking forward to it. I think uh, it'll be well, fun. and that's that's the beauty of the summer shows. Is yes, they you're still recording a podcast every week, but we I change it up so much that it's it's a different podcast in a way. So it's yes, this kind of stuff is is the cream of the crop for us, but. A lot of stuff we do over the summer is a lot of fun and it's a little different. So it uh, it allows it to be a little bit more, I guess, creative for us. So it's, it's yeah, you want the brain break, but it's a little bit of a different brain break. It's still there, yeah. just different. It, it, it's, less, it's less formatted in a sense where uh, we're not structurally talking about, you know, uh, the last couple of games or so uh, and things like that. It's, mm. it's not as regimented, I guess. Uh, it's, it's more open-ended as far as what we want to talk about so since there's not as much blues news uh, in the off season so uh it makes it fun uh, if, uh we got a couple comments real quick i wanted to go ahead and get to derek uh says uh uh hi uh off season hype yeah that's what we're gonna do here uh vitz carpenter hello new listener here go thrashers he says uh <laughs> Vince, I don't know if you're aware, if, if you've said you're a new listener, maybe you aren't. I own a Zach Bogosian Thrasher's jersey. It's my favorite jersey. So you have tuned into the right podcast, sir. And then Austin Lynch was something odd at TJ Oshie to Seattle. Shut up, Austin. We're not going to talk about that yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when, when other shows take a hiatus in the summer, uh, you get your blues fix right here. Let's go blues radio. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, official beers of episode number 303. Uh, you can follow each of us on the Untapped app. My handle is at CPrice12. Jeff is JPonder94, and Bill's is BillyBlueNote33. Jeff, I, I assume you have a beverage this evening. What are you, what are you uh, downing? I do. Uh, tonight I am drinking um, one of my favorites, one of the few IPAs that I enjoy is a contact high from uh, Four Hands Brewery, which, uh, again, for anybody watching right now, hopefully you can kind of see that that art. It's a uh, basically the art on that is a pinball machine, which is uh, really cool. I, I just went to Uptown the other day for the mm. first time out in um, Uptown's cool. Central West End. And uh, that was a blast. So uh, seeing this uh, brings back the great memories I had uh, uh, made on Saturday. But um, but yeah, great beer, great IPA, not too much of a hoppy aftertaste for anybody who has not had it. A uh, big fan of Four Hands. Uh, for those of you who have not been there, you go, they've got an upstairs, upper level. <clears throat> um, free arcades, really nice, a big tap room, uh, tasting room you can uh, uh, spread out. Lots of tables, lots of people. Um, so it's a, it's a fun atmosphere. They have, they have outdoor stuff too during the day, outdoor 
a beer garden-y, but it's really open. So uh, it's a cool place with good beer too. So, and oddly enough, no pinball machines upstairs to, uh, to, uh, <laughs> to compliment yeah, the contact tie. One just yeah. to, yeah, just to compliment the contact tie, but now, <laughs> oh, well, whatever. They have ski ball. Okay. Yeah. And they got the ski ball for free, which I yeah. take advantage of desperately every time I'm there. Ski ball. And then, uh, they got a multi-cade up there too. And some other, you know, about half a dozen other games. So good stuff. Yep. Uh, my my beer is uh, since it is summer now officially for uh, blues fans. Uh, Landon Kugel Summer Shandy, which is a I'm a fan of that. I like it. I had uh, the Porch Rocker on, or no, I had uh, Center Ice Brewery's uh, Old Arena last week, and before that I had Porch Rocker, which is uh, Sam Adams's uh, Summer Shandy type beer. So I like I like the lemony summer beers. They're good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the Ozarks uh, next. Let's see in July. So uh, got a house down there. We're going to take the 4th of July weekend and take about four days and go down there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll probably take a lot of summer shandy. That's one of the best summer shandies I've had. One of the best summer ales. Good stuff. Agreed. Today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, we got uh, May 19th. I'm sorry, May 26th, uh, 2021. Uh, May 26th, 2009. The former St. Louis Blues player Peter Zezel passed away at the age of 44 from a rare blood disorder. Uh, he, uh, here is that, uh, well, and there's a Bruce, Bruce Affleck uh, video interview of Zezel uh, posted on the at STL Blues History Twitter account. Uh, so check that out. It's uh, one, one of his return trips to St. Louis when he played for Toronto. So uh, I, I was a big Zezel fan, big fan of his when he played here. You have a great jersey that compliments them. I do. You're not wearing it tonight. I, sh- I, 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 didn't get, I didn't grab today in Blues History until right before we started. And uh, mm. I didn't think about it. I should have. But yeah, I have uh, I have uh, his character's jersey that he played in the movie Youngblood, which is uh, Rossini, number 12, mm-hmm. which I got that for a number of reasons. I liked Zezel. Uh, my hockey number is number 12. Zezel was 12 in Youngblood. So it's a no-brainer for me to get 12 from Youngblood. All kinds of crossover there. So, and he he actually isn't, and no speaking lines, but he he's the one who takes the face off at the very end who lines up with face off, and then Dean comes comes over and says, "No, I got it." To face off against Racky. I don't think Racky was a center. Was Racky a center? Racky should have been taking the face no. off. No, no, it, no. It's all it's all movie stage crap. <laughs> That'd be like uh, Carl Gunnarsson stepping in. Let me take this face right. off. Right, Racky was a probably a stay at home. No, he scored a goal in the game. I think he was a forward. He was just a hard nosed forward. Yeah, maybe what, not as wasn't, bad. Yeah. wasn't a center. wasn't a center. No. So. Um. So. We will, uh, we got a number of things on tap today. So uh, let me pull up this here. Whoops. Got to build the stage. I messed up. There we go. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, I did mess up. Uh, we'll get to uh, Bennington versus Grubauer uh, during the series and after. Because we, we didn't, I mean, we touched on it with Bennington and Grubauer, but we didn't really talk about it. Uh, but then it got revisited by Grubauer <laughs> and uh, Colorado, uh, some of the Colorado players after the series was over. So, uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit uh, after this close shave from our friends at Manscaped. Is there anything better than the fresh mowed grass at the ballpark on opening day? How about freshly groomed balls? Our sponsors at Manscaped, the global leaders in below the waist grooming, are here to help you strike out your bush for good. Talk about the ultimate utility man. Manscaped is like the Nolan Arenado of ball trimmers. It's time to keep your testes fresh and clean with the Perfect Package 3.0, which includes the Lawnmower 3.0 Skin Safe Electric Trimmer, 
the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Spray-On Toner for your balls made from soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts, Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs are also included and will bring your boxer game to the next level. It's a whole new balls game, folks, and Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LGB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code LGB. Baseball's back. Don't let your pubes get out of whack. Uh, do not let your pubes get out of whack. You know what I just bought, Jeff? What'd you buy? I went on manscaped.com and I bought... They got a they got a, they had a special going on. They had stuff marked down, so they had they had some stuff marked down, and but did, I used. Did you, did you also insert a promo code? I did. I on top of oh. the already dis, the already discount items they had, I used LGB as the promo code, and I got twenty more percent off. So I got what? myself. And did it did it give you free shipping too? Free shipping on top of that. What? You can't beat it. Oh. I mean, it's 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 a, nope. it's a deal on top of a deal on top of another deal. It's like the Big Mac. Uh, it's like the bread and a Big Mac of of of, of deals. It, uh, I, it was, I got I got three pairs of boxers, and I got some of the uh, the conditioner and the lotion. It it's a uh, good deal. Uh, check out Manscaped.com. They got some stuff marked down right now, like I said, and use a promo code on top of that. That's even more money off. So uh, have at it. It's uh, Father's Day. It's coming up, so you can get. Your... Yeah, it's a great gift for Father's Day. It, Again, it's. It sounds weird to shop for your dad at manscaped.com, but uh, they have more than just manscaping stuff. There's plenty of awesome gifts you can get. And again, with promo code LGB, you get 20% off and free shipping. So why not take advantage and get your dad something you know that he'll use? They, it's a, they have a nice body wash. It's a, it's a small bottle of body wash, but it's not like a pump, which I love the, the pump body washes and yeah. shampoos. Anything with a pump on it in the shower, it's like, sign me up. Who who has time to deal with mess with a flip top and some of them you got to tip them over to get because when they get low and you got to worry about them leaking and it's just a mess. So yeah, give me take a, notes, a, Bath a, and Body Works. Pumps. Pumps are where it's at. I'm sorry. Give me a mm -hmm. pump bottle. So much easier. Um, but yeah, they have one of those and it's a, it's a body wash and you can use it as a, as a shampoo too if you want. It's it's pretty versatile. It's good stuff. It smells good. You get compliments. Trust me. Yes, you do. Uh, blues were swept the Blues, our Blues, were swept by the Colorado Avalanche. Unfortunately, not a good showing uh, by the Blues. Uh, injuries and COVID uh, played an issue, played a role. Um, Nazim Kadri is a piece yeah. of shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can... Pretty, run... <laughs> I mean, Colorado was better, and that's pretty much all it needs to be said. <laughs> yeah, they, they were. That's... We were swept, and uh, the scores were five to one, five two, uh, four one, whatever it was. Um, not good scores. And if you if you didn't watch the series, and you saw the shots against, and you saw the box score, um, you would assume the Blues were never in a game. They were blown out, and that was the case. I you know for me the first game and a half, uh, but after that I thought the Blues played much better. Didn't get any kind of different result. Uh, but I thought, as far as the play goes, game one was one of the worst play games I've seen the Blues play all the time. And Colorado dominated. Bad combo. Got the doors blown yeah. off. Would have been so much worse had Bennington not stood on his head. Um, but you know what? Game three, the Blues outplayed Colorado. Game four, they played good, but they just didn't get anything going. I mean, they, they played good, but then Colorado scored on opportunities. The Blues couldn't. And it just, 
eventually it was out of hand. So I think well, Col- let's add to the, the top line for Colorado, 24 points in the series, 24 right. points in four games. I mean, they just steamrolled the blues and a lot, a lot, you know, and a lot of those goals, you know, you lose five to two, four to one, what, you know, just two or three goals. It seems in each game, it's an empty netter. So those, I mean, the, the scores in, in, in a few of those games were a little closer than it appeared. I'm not trying to, you know, downplay Colorado's dominance in the series. They deserve to win the series easily. Oh, but, by far. But the people like to laugh at how the Blues played. The second half of this, the last two games plus, how the Blues played a good series. Just couldn't couldn't best Colorado. Uh, well, and they the let's face it, they they had problems scoring goals. And um, part of that comes from your leading scorer being out. Not completely blaming it on that, but that does hurt. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko clearly still not 100% back to where he was. He says um, he and And, <laughs> yeah, well, okay. He says his shoulder. Uh, and, uh, and Colorado just, their defense is, is great. Their defensive game, not just their defense men. Um, they clog the middle. They hit you under the boards every chance they get. They take away space. Their gap closure is something else. Um, they're a hell of a hockey team. And so they just, I feel like they took the Blues' game and just beat them at it. They they beat them into submission, but they also have the speed to just get down the ice quick and score a couple quick goals. I mean, they Bennington was outstanding in this series. Um, don't want to take anything away from him. I think some of the defensemen, a little bit that Justin Falk played in the second game, I thought he played great. That's why when that injury happened, it really pissed me off because I thought Falk looked like he was about to score a goal. A um, couple guys, you know, played fairly well uh, for the Blues, but for the most part, uh, you know, I know there's there's COVID issues, there's injury issues. Tarasenko talked about his groin. Um, which which one is not... often to do after a series? Let's talk about my right. Groin. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I mean, I do that after every show. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's in the show notes. Yeah, it was during the show. It is. How's your, how's your growing, growing. Jeff? How's yeah, your growing? Right. How's your growing? Well, it's, it's fine. Doing better today. Yeah. But uh, no, anybody, I uh, anybody pull it today. No, <laughs> no, no. Actually, I I pulled it earlier. Right. Yeah, and okay. it felt so good. I pulled it again. That's that's the way you do it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, ain't, it ain't gonna pull itself, which is mm-hmm. not true. <laughs> it happens all the yeah. time. Actually, it will. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, I, I mean, overall, you're right. You know, Grubauer, as, as much as I want to beat that dude's ass right now, uh, he had an excellent series. He was great. And the, yeah, the, he was great. The defense looked great. The, I feel like Barubi was out coached too. And, and you know, we said that in the 19 run. How much did we say, wow, Barubi is just out coaching everyone right now? Well, Jared Bednar coached a hell of a series. Um, and it was just Colorado dominated uh, both ends of the ice. What more can you say? I think eventually Ruby got there with uh, with with his any adjustments that he made because the Blues did play better later in the series. Uh, I, just, I think it just took too long to get there. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 Colorado impressed the hell out of me in two aspects. They were in the passing lanes. So many of the Blues passes and shots were blocked, deflected by a leg, by a stick, knocked out in midair, glove down. They were in the way constantly. And not only were they in the way, they were on the blues like white on rice. They were quick. And the blues the blues tried to set up in the offensive zone, even on the power play. 
Colorado rushed. They played a a quick, heavy, on you game, uh, a bum rush game, and it the Blues could not handle it. They were forced to act quick, and they couldn't. And dishing the puck off, it get knocked down, deflected off a leg, off a knee, whatever, bad pass, and then they take over and go the other way. That that they impressed the hell they, out of me, getting just intercepting and, and mucking up what the Blues are trying to do. Yep, and they uh, they took advantage of opportunities too. And again, you not to compare them completely with the, the Blues of 2019, but it felt like whenever one of the other teams made a mistake, the Blues would go down and capitalize. That's what the Avalanche did in this series. Every time we caught ourselves saying, oh my God, you got to clear that. Within 30 seconds, it's in the back of the net. I mean, it, or it's an unbelievable chance that Bennington has to make a huge save on. So uh, going back, we talked about it last week, the Rantanen save in game one, which is one of the best saves we he's probably ever made in the NHL, um, which will fortunately get lost because it was a, it was a, a game they lost, but mm-hmm. you know, things like that, like that happened a lot in this series and it was just Colorado just taking it to the blues and making them look like an AHL team out there. I mean, it was, it was not at all how we thought this series would go. I mean, let's face it. Everybody was asking for Colorado. That's who we wanted. Everyone was excited and when Colorado was the team. I well, even had turned my mind around because I yeah. said Vegas. I want Vegas. I was going to say, but you two did. Weeks ago, I, you, I, two weeks you, ago, I changed my mind. I agreed with you and Bill. And I said, I want Colorado. You guys are right. Yeah, I know. And, you, well, uh, you, you were, you were, all made about, us pay. you were all about Vegas for a while. And, uh, um, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, I, I, okay. Of course it, it may have been different. Maybe, but, uh, uh I don't know. I mean, uh, the way the Blues matched up against Vegas, I, I was not a fan of, and I it, it may have gone the same way. So I, I for the Blues anyway. So I, I don't know. Well, I, I guess it, I mean you get swept, you can't go much worse. So you might as well say in hindsight, well, sure, let's let's play well, Vegas yeah. and see what happens. And and the question obviously would be, you know, if you could go back in time and you could, you know, set things up differently, if the Blues played the same way, how do they fare against Vegas? And to me, maybe you squeak out one win. Um, I just don't think the Blues brought it in the playoffs. And, and again, nothing against Colorado. They, it was it was a tale of two teams. It was Colorado playing great. The Blues really not playing all so great in in hindsight of looking at all four games. Sure. Um, in in you know in a nutshell. But you know maybe they squeak out a win against Vegas. But if they play that way, and and maybe Justin Falk doesn't get hurt. Maybe they stretch it to game five. And if David Perron can play, maybe you're talking about a whole different series against Vegas, but the way they looked against Colorado, they looked slow. They looked beaten. Um, they're guys that are expected to score the big goals. The guys who did in 2019 and even in last year's playoffs who uh, challenged uh, Vancouver more, uh, they just didn't bring it in this series, unfortunately. And, and as much, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, three assists on the series, and was one of the better defensive players for the Blues. You know, I hate to to pick on him because he's the captain, but, you know, it's like that's a guy you look at late in the game, they're down by one or two, and you say, get the puck on O'Reilly's stick. And that's what they were doing. And, again, credit to Colorado. They just didn't give him any room to have any opportunities. Uh, Bennington and Grubrauer uh, had an incident um, in game two. 
during a dust up after the whistle uh, between Grubauer and Clifford uh, after the, the game was over, uh, where Grubauer instigated. Um, if you look at the if you look at the video, unless something happened way before uh, Grubauer instigated this, he gave Clifford a jab in the back of the knee, which goalies do. I mean, they they take a shot at, at players, and then players turn around and give him a whack back, and then it, there's nothing to it. Um, it happens, but uh, Grubauer gave Clifford a jab in the back of the knee, and then Clifford returns a jab to his pads. And then, you know, when defensemen see this, then they jump in because you don't touch the goalie. That's a, a, a golden rule in hockey. You don't touch the goalie. And if you do, you're, get, you're, you're getting jumped. But, and, that's, and that's fine. You know, I'm, Colorado's defense should have jumped Clifford there. That's just the way it works. Um, but the thing is that once Colorado's defense kind of jumped on Clifford, Grubauer kept whacking away at Clifford, gave him two or three shots, you know, was punching him. So, and when and Bennington, it, I, I know it's crazy to say this, but in case anybody did not see this, which if you're listening to the show, I bet you did. It was right at the end of the game. Literally yeah. the whistle went Yep. and and this is what was happening. Right. So it was unnecessary to be honest. It was, the game was over. Yeah. Um, so Bennington sees Grubauer taking shots at, at on a blues player who is tied up with other abs players. So his job as a goalie, I don't give a fuck who says that this is not how it goes. This is the goalie code in hockey. Uh, if if your guy is getting getting uh, is in a tussle with someone and the goalie interferes with that and starts to double team, which is exactly what happened, then it's the it's Bennington's responsibility to go down the ice and take the goalie, grab him off the pile, whatever. Usually it ends up in a fight. Doesn't happen that often. But you see goalie fights every once in a while, and it's amazing, right? That's just the mm -hmm. way it works. Um, and and let's add, too, real quick with this, that I remember years ago when Jake Allen was still the starter for the Blues. You know, uh, say what you will about Jake, but, you know, he was a team guy. You know, we heard that all through 2019. <laughs> but he wasn't a guy who was – he wasn't a feisty guy. He wasn't a guy that – like a Bennington, basically, or like a Belfour. But I do remember multiple times – where the other goalie would be getting into it with Ryan Reeves or whoever, and then the other defense would would jump on whoever it was that was messing with the goalie. And Jake Allen, at the very least, would skate to the red line and be ready sure. to go down there and take the other goalie. Because like you said, that is the goalie code. It doesn't matter who you are, what type of person you are. If you see the other goalie just go into town on one of your teammates who is getting held by their defenseman or getting held back by the referee, whatever the goalie's job is to skate down and take the other goalie, at least take him out of the play and push him to the corner and say no more. Right. Cause they're being outmanned. It's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a third man in situation. So then you go help out. Uh, it's, it's being a good teammate, sticking up for your teammates. So yep. two officials intercept Bennington uh, before, right before he gets to Grubauer. Cause the officials are right by Grubauer. Cause that's where the, the skirt, the, the brouhaha is. And so, Bennington goes down there, and so they they grab Bennington before he gets to Grubauer, and they're saying, "Get off the ice! Get off the ice!" And they skate him away, and Bennington points his stick and he's yelling, and and Grubauer doesn't do a whole lot. He kind of doesn't really was he barely comes out of his crease. Um, so then social media explodes. You know, uh, Bennington the, 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 people. If you're not a Blues fan, chances are you probably just like Bennington. Uh, just it's one of those deals. Which, which, by the way, I fucking love. Yeah, yeah. The reasons why they hate him, and it's not a Tom Wilson thing because it's not a 
It's not a case where, oh, you like this dirty mother, you know, he's a dirty player, cheap shot artist. No, it's it, 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 Bennington's a, Bennington's a smart ass. Uh, and, and basically a come at me, bro, kind of a guy, you know, he, he, he likes to stir it up. Um, he's not taking out people's knees, like, or whatever, headshots or giving people concussions like Tom Wilson. But, uh, so that's a different kind of hate. It should be anyway, but well, uh, he's so- got a, he's got a fire like, like with this play, you know, yes, we talked about other, this is a goalie code thing, but at the same time, we've seen Biddington do this before. Sure. And he want he wants to get at the other goalie if he has another chance. And sure. again, as a fan of the team that he's playing on, you love that. It's the I, other I, fans that hate him for what's it. What's one of the greatest moments in Blues history? Here comes Shovel Day, right? I mean, Curtis Joseph fights Shovel Day. Jo- it's a goalie fight. It's amazing. Any, I don't know who these people are today that see a goalie come down the ice and try to try to pull the other goalie off of their who they're you know messing with and so they can you know even things up and go goalie to goalie and people get outraged oh he's so terrible what's this guy trying to do he's such a dirty player he's such a baby what the f- this is awesome well, the the hottest take that i saw that was just dead wrong i mean just flat out wrong was i think it was was it the avalanche broadcast team uh whatever uh, uh, altitude is that what they're altitude whatever yeah. it is yep I I don't know if it was them but but I know somebody might have even been Sportsnet I don't remember somebody a, a big organization tweeted out name me a bigger sore loser than Jordan Bennington will wait <laughs> and we're like this has nothing to do with the lost it's not the lost the Blues could have won that game and and the, I guarantee you the same thing happens with Clifford in front. Now, maybe you argue Clifford's not out there if the Blues won, but Clifford's out there. Same thing happens. Bennington's still going to skate his ass down there and defend his teammate. It had nothing to do with losing. No. That was it, one of the worst takes I saw. Yeah, the Blues the Blues could have been up 6-0, and that happens, and Bennington goes down there. It's not, it's not about losing at all. It has nothing to do with losing. I mean, you might be a little irritated because you've lost, but that, that has nothing stay- to do with the code. I think it was I, I think it was Thomas Welch on um on uh uh from the Locked On Blues podcast. Uh I think it was him who every time there was like any kind of unsportsmanlike questionable for the rest of the playoffs while the blues are in it, he would tweet the video out and say, Name me a bigger sore loser than blank, I'll wait. <laughs> and I'm like, Yes, because that's a ridiculous take. Yeah. That's not what that was. Uh People saying that, uh, oh, Bennington didn't really want to fight him. You know, he went to the, he skated right at the official on purpose so the official could grab him. Uh, he could have taken a different route if he really wanted to get a Grubauer. <laughs> it's like, like, what's what's the different route to go up the up the bench into the stands and come out the Zamboni door to to get behind yeah. and then well, that's exactly what, what he meant. Yeah. So you're skating down the ice. The officials see you coming. They're gonna stop. They, and they, if they want to stop you, they're gonna stop you. And if and once they come to you, if you try and like throw them aside or peel off and and, and push them away to get to group hour, you're getting suspended. You can't touch the referee. You can't push them aside to go fight somebody. That that's a that's a good way well, to get and, a fine. And let's add too the the quickest point or the 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 quickest path is from A to B, right? I feel like he went A to B. Like he was slightly to the left of the goal, but for the most part, he but probably skated a straight line. 
That's what but, goalies do. They don't they don't weave in and out of the you neutral know, zone as they're skating down. You know what's you know what's interesting about that comment though about oh he didn't he didn't he could have taken a different path. There's not a single video anywhere that's been that's been public that has shown Bennington skating down the ice. He has no idea the path he took to get there at all. All the the only video that uh, he might have already is, been on the bench. The the, the the there's video of the official already engaging with Bennington. That's when the video switches over to Bennington, when the official has already got him. So my, he has my no idea is, what path he took. This is, this is stupid my comment. guess is the game ended, because like I said, the buzzer went, and then there was a hit in the corner. With, it involved Sanford. And yep. Bennington, my guess, the way that, that he approached it from the left side of the net, right side, depending on what side you're looking at, my guess is he was already skating the locker room. And then he poked his head up and looked and saw there was still shit going on, so he skated down. That's probably what happened. It wasn't, oh, I better skate to the left so the referee stopped me. No. I don't care who you are. I don't care how, if you're a huge pussy, you still aren't doing that. You're not skating to the referees. What hockey player does that? <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a ridiculous comment because uh, they don't know the route he took. If you want to get nitpicky about this stupid thing, Oh, what route he took. Um, you don't even know what route he took to say he should have taken a different route. So first you got to know what route he took before you can say, oh, he should have taken a different one. Anyway. It's well, and I saw, I saw somebody argue with you, and I think I saw somebody else argue it elsewhere too, that uh, maybe what he or what he should have done was let the referee start to escort him off and then break away from them. <sighs> yeah, okay, that's a good idea. go ahead and have your starting goalie suspended for game two. That's a yeah. brilliant idea. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Terrible, um, terrible stupid. takes on this. Terrible. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just people who don't understand the, you know, I, they don't, they don't like the rough stuff. I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, so after the series was over, um, this is when some of the Avs players and Grubauer in particular, uh, you know, tweeted out, uh, or actually it was in, a, in an interview, I guess, after the game four. Someone asked him about the, the Bennington incident. And he goes, one day someone's going to answer that bell. <laughs> Bennington. And then Jeff said in his, uh, as perfectly and just short and to the point as could be, and why wasn't it you, candy ass? Perfect. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Well done, Thank sir. you. That's uh that that went semi-viral actually. It's a great so. point, because and I, th I I agree with you completely. I'm like yes, well, it, it, that was group. the first thought in my head. If I would that right there is, <laughs> if I were a reporter still, it would have been really hard for me to not raise my hand and say, and why wasn't it you? Yeah, I mean why I did, wouldn't have called him a candy ass well, as a reporter. Do you know but what? Why wasn't it you? It was touched on. And he said, "I'm not interested in I'm not interested in fighting. I'm interested in stopping goals, stopping pucks. That's what he said." And so you want to talk shit after the series is over? Well, but but he was throwing punches at Clifford. What do you mean he doesn't yeah. want to throw? He doesn't want to throw punches. He was, and that's why Benjamin came a... down there. He says he says he doesn't want to throw punches. Okay, fine. But you were throwing punches, and that's why Benjamin came down to take your ass. So Philip Grubauer is a punk ass bitch. I'll just say that he is. first of all, he is, and if second people... of all. <laughs> Go ahead. You know what, Kirk? Go ahead and clip this off and set it to the Blues. If the Blues want to tell me this summer, hey, guess what? We're going to sign you to a one-day contract, and you are going to play against the Colorado Avalanche. 
Send me out there for one shift, and I will beat the living shit out of Philip Grubauer. Tell me now so I can make sure I'm in great shape. I will skate all summer. <laughs> I'll make sure that I at least look like an NHL player, but I will gladly punch that dude right in the fucking face. He doesn't look like what a, a fighter. What a fucking candy ass. You know, Bennington doesn't look like a fighter either. Bennington's a pretty skinny guy, right? Uh, yeah. Doesn't have an intimidating face either. It's just that look about him. Uh, but Grubauer's the same way. He looks like a, a stick. He looks very, I don't know, a nerdy kind of a guy. Um, but I thought it was funny because his comment, one day someone's going to answer the bell. And you were like, why isn't it you, candy ass? And I'm like, yeah. Essentially, Grubauer was saying, yeah, can somebody else beat up Bennington for me? Uh, I'm yeah. afraid to. I'm afraid to. It's like, but it's, this, is a, this Jordan guy stole my lunch money. I need to hire somebody to beat him up for me. <laughs> it's so it's so interesting because, and, and then Avs fans are like, yeah, Grubauer, yeah, tell him. I'm like, what are you guys doing? This is embarrassing, I think. I think this is like somebody else oh, is going to yeah. beat him up one day because I, I didn't want to. I couldn't. I didn't want Dude, to. Dude, I know. I know that if this had been the other way around, in 20, let's say it was 2019, Hellebuck's challenging Bennington, and Bennington backs down. And then after the series, Bennington says that I, I just oh. I would be like, oh, dude, you are you, losing all credibility right now. He would never say that. You can't you can no? He wouldn't because there he's was not, not a pussy, that's like well, he, you know what he he would say something lines of I'm right here, you know I, I'm out there, come get me or yeah. something like that. Yeah, he'd say something quippy. Um, well, and, and then okay, so my my whole point on this is, and I said this uh, in an argument a, after my my tweet about this. Um, my, my whole point on this is to me flexes, which is what this kind of is, is an attempted terrible flex by a pussy hockey player after the series is um, over, which you, is a one, whole you don't thing. do it after the series is over Two, you let's say they win this game. And then he says this exact thing right before the blues and, and avalanche play uh, next season for the first time. Okay. I love it. That's a challenge. That's, hey, you know what? I'm I'm still not going to fight you, but I'm going to I'm going to basically tell you that someone's going to kick your ass, and it's going to be someone on my team. It's going to be somebody like, else. Like, <laughs> I I I would have applauded Grubauer for that, but to wait until a four game sweep where you handed the Blues their asses, and you're going to come out and talk shit, and we're get, we're getting into this other bullshit that they were posting on Instagram. But it's just, what the fuck are you doing? This isn't how you talk trash. You do it before a series, before a game, during a series, during a game. You don't wait until the post-game presser. I mean, what kind of a fucking candy-ass, sore-ass loser says it, something it, like this? You know what? You know what? Doing that. You know what? Talking trash like they did in the in the post-game press conference is just like waiting for the officials to get in the way before you try and fight somebody like waiting. Oh, hold me back. Hold me back. And then someone holds you back. Let me at him. Let me at him. That's the kind of, that's the, that's, that's the, the comparison I make to that. It's like, Oh, you're talking trash now when there's no, you're not meeting on the ice anymore until next season. It's like, uh, what, are, it's what are the blues going to do about it right now? You know, Nothing. like that's, and that's my point when it's a flex, it's a challenge. It's we're better than you. And we're showing you we're better than you. So you do that before a game or during a series to where it's like, come at us, bro. We're fucking ready for you. Bring it. 
and you can't do it after you beat the team four games to none. Right. It, it's it's it's, a, it's 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 being sore winners is what it is. It's a, you're, you're not it winning is. with you're not winning with dignity and grace. You know you're ripping on Bennington for being a sore loser, but then you do this. You know it's like a uh, come on. Uh, and the the NESN article uh, oh, that was you know from I guess Bruins fans or a Bruin Bruin uh, website. Uh, which you know, still pissed about 2019. Oh, clearly, yeah. This article, but this was posted yesterday by Logan Mullen at nesn.com, uh, and this is a snippet from it. One day after the series ended, the harpoon launching did not cease, thanks to a well-executed shot by Avalanche goalie Philip Grubauer at Blues net, at the Blues Netminder. Uh, Bennington, after surprising, oh, and the and the Instagram tweet was uh, Grubauer and Bennington kind of. Looking at each other, Bennington had skated down. They're right by Grubauer's crease, and the officials both have each goalie. And uh, and so, and then Grubauer. The caption. The caption is was me- memories, memories from round one. Memories from round one, and uh, just kind of which you know I didn't have a big problem with, but but then the social media kind of takes off with it and, and just oh no, yeah Grubauer tearing tearing down Bennington. It's like no. Nah, JT Comfer posted one too, and those were like honestly like those pissed me off. And, and sorry, I know we'll get to the article here, but uh, those kind of pissed me off. But it pissed me off in a good way, if that makes sense. Like, I saw those, and I was like, fuck these guys. Oh, yeah, let's build that rivalry. Yes. Let's, let's fucking hate each other. Let's do it. And, like, and let's, those were annoying, <laughs> but it was in a good way. Like, let's get, I want to fucking beat the avalanche now. And let's get better in the offseason. Yeah, so we can let's get better and season. beat their asses next year. Uh, yeah, article, that was my take on the Instagram post, but it was the other shit that pissed me off. Yeah. The article goes on to say, uh, Bennington, after surprisingly leading the Blues to the Cup in 2019, has just been miserable in the playoffs lately. The 27-year-old has not won a playoff game since Game 7 of the 19 Cup Final. Going 0-9 with a woeful 875 save percentage, he was in net for all four games against the Avalanche, allowing 14 goals across four games with an 899 save percentage. And unfortunately for the Blues, they just signed Bennington to a six-year, $36 million extension that won't kick in until next season. First off, and I know this is what everyone's thinking when they hear this, that uh, Bennington was amazing in this series. His yes. his eight nine nine. Throw the numbers out the window. This is a this is a small sample size, short series. You cannot do that. You got to watch the fucking games. Because he was outstanding in this series. Probably he played better in this series than he did in the cup run in 19, uh, in my opinion. So uh, numbers don't mean jack squat. Some people like to rattle off numbers. Some people like advanced stats. Bullshit. Watch the games. He was he was the Blues' best player in this series. So I'd like to see uh, – I did see a, a chart. I think it was after the first two games of high-danger scoring chances – for and against for the blues and against it was, I mean, all right in the slot, right around the net, the blues best chances were on the perimeter. And it was just the avalanche just poured it on Bennington. I mean, they, he faced, what was it? 75 was it? He made what? It was like 75 shots against in the first two games. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. I, he was, he was great. And, uh, it, I, I I don't I don't I don't know what else to say, but just you know, if you watch the games, you get it. If you didn't watch them, if you're reading the box scores, you have no clue. 
Not a clue. Don't yep. don't be a box score reader. Watch the games. Okay. Oh, and this guy, I'm sure he, I'm sure he's just jacking off to the fact that the Bruins just beat the the Capitals. But uh, guess what? That's one round, buddy. You mentioned uh, that uh, Game Seven of the 2019 Cup Final was the last game he won. That was a pretty big game, if I remember. So I'm thinking <laughs> that's why this article was fucking posted, because my God, what a bunch of sour grapes. Good God, dude. Unfortunately for the Blues, they just signed Bennington. No, that's a great signing. I think after this series, I don't know of one Blues fan who would tell you that they're not happy with this signing. Sure. We'll we'll see where everybody's at in a year. But right now, everyone's loving that contract signing. Because if not, you're you're talking to a goalie right now who just basically kept you in every game for the most part of a four-game series, and he's unsigned. Think about the money he'd be asking for now after that series. Uh, Grubauer makes uh, Gruber Grubauer is actually a UFA this offseason, so it'll be interesting to see what they sign him for. He makes three three and yeah. a third million right now. Well, he you know he's uh, he's he was did a great job when um, when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup. You know he was great at opening the door and closing the door and. <laughs> Sitting there talking to his teammates, he did a great job. He was a good teammate. Nothing like, yeah, much better than Bennington, who was, you know, actually won the cup. Was he a good a, guy though? As a member of the team, was he a good guy? Oh, he's a great guy. Oh, great guy. Good. Good. I'm glad he's a great guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got some uh, COVID news to uh, talk about with the Blues, and uh, we'll do a uh, kind of a brief uh, end of the season report card kind of deal uh, after this word from our friends at ID Life. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Put that energy drink down. Don't you know that common energy drinks contain high levels of caffeine and other harmful ingredients that can lead to increased blood pressure and heart rhythm disturbances? Finding that energy you need for everyday activities doesn't need to put your health at risk. ID Life's energy formula doesn't use artificial ingredients or a massive dose of caffeine. Energy's caffeine levels are released slowly over time, allowing for longer periods of energy without crash, not to mention keeping your heart safe. Energy also includes neurotransmitters for mood, focus, memory, and cognitive function. ID Life also added antioxidants associated with brain health for no reason besides perfection. With rockin'netidlife.com, you can get an energy boost and leave the heart risk behind. Text Dustin at 636-393-8745 or visit rockin'netidlife.com and throw those gas station energy drinks in the garbage. That's 636-393-8745 and rockin'netidlife.com and tell Dustin that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. I, do you care if I, I share your message that you sent me? <laughs> <laughs> Go right ahead. Because uh, uh, and Jeff brought up a great point. Uh, he is, I haven't been this pissed at a player since the Red Wings years. Fuck Grubauer. I'm like, yeah, I'm with you because this kind of shit is just pansy ass stuff. It's just, yeah, uh, it I, is. I mean, it's, it's so comical uh, in a in a piss you off kind of way. Uh, it, 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 oh, and I'm telling you, I hope, I hope, uh, Blues Nation is as amped up for the next uh, next season the Colorado blues games next season, as I know we're going to be, because uh, it, this shit will carry over for us uh, for sure. And I hope, Oh, I want to, I want a fucking bloodbath. I want to <laughs> see, I want to see, I, I think I said this last week or, or no, actually I didn't. I'm going to say it now. I want the blues to go out. And I mentioned me, I'm, I'm a nobody. 
go out to the ECHL, the AHL, wherever you need to go, Europe, find the biggest, baddest, strongest motherfucker out there who can just throw a couple punches, sign him, play him for one game against the Avalanche, and just have him line up Nazem Kadri. That's that's what this team needs. I well, want to see somebody just destroy him. You know, Kadri is going to get his. Um, oh yeah. Well, you would hope. I mean, there have been times where the you know the Blues didn't answer the bell uh, against someone like oh I don't know Mark Stone, who they should have. Um, yeah. They should have. Uh, there should have been retribution besides Fox fight that wasn't much. Um, that's not enough. I don't care. Um, so there was not retribution for that. So hopefully we don't get this line of bull next season. Well, you know, that was last year. That's this year. We're trying to move on. Bullshit. Bullshit. No, there will be no moving on. Um, a uh, couple comments we should uh, probably get to here. Um, we got uh, uh, Derek also commenting here. He says Bennington wants an A on his jersey. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Maybe you could do what Luongo did. Luongo had the C on his uh, yeah, chin. Because you cannot, he could a, goalie put an a. Cannot, a goalie cannot be a captain. Yeah, unfortunately, which I, I get actually 100%. Uh, but uh, Brandon Toma says, maybe a crappy opinion, but not like the Blues would come back with much physicality, even if what he said was during the series. I don't know. I kind of disagree. I think, uh, I think Clifford or even Bennington. Uh, shows up to make him shut his yap. So Maybe I'm, I'm actually I, or Shen. It, it, it's it's tough with a goalie, you know, because because if you if you do take, I mean, if you do take liberties with a goalie, uh, that, I mean, that's already a no no. So you got to cross a line just to engage, right? So it's yeah. tougher with a goalie. Um, I can see a lot of incidental stuff happening, um, especially with a healthy Perron floating around the net, which he loves to be a little shit disturber. Uh, not as much as he used to, but uh, still. Uh, and AJ Strong points out, and, and I was going to say this, that uh, right now it is one nothing in favor of the Minnesota Wild. So, uh, Trying wow, to stay alive. that could be going, that could still be going seven games. That would be interesting. Um, but uh, let's see. So then Vegas AJ has Strong trouble. Says, Vegas has trouble with Minnesota. They, I mean, we said they that. They do. They, they have a hard time. AJ Strong, them. by the way, from uh, Teal Town, USA, the best Sharks podcast out there. The only Sharks, Sharks podcast, as far as I'm concerned. The only one. Well, I think there is one other, but no. no this is, as far as best. I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned. Okay. It's the only. The only. Yeah. I'll go with that. Sharks fans be like 899 save percentage. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Might be our comment of the show right there. It, it's um, like it's like criticizing a goalie for having a an 850 save percentage in, in one game. You know, yeah. where you allow three goals on 20 shots or whatever the percentage turns out to be. You it's got like, swept. You yeah. got swept and your team didn't score goals. You're yeah. going to have bad numbers. And it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. And like you said, high danger scoring chances, a big, it's, a, it's such a small sample size over the course of the entire season. Okay. Numbers kind of pan out to how goalies tend to be, but three, four games. No, fuck that. Yeah. Uh, AJ strong. One more comment. And he might be right here. He says, like the days of Nolan's sharks, versus Pronger's Blues. That might be the last player that I was this mad at. But again, I will add, the reason I was mad at Owen Nolan was because he made the Blues pay on the rink, both physically and on the scoreboard. So, of course, I'm going to be pissed at that guy, but it's all for the right reasons. Grubauer I'm pissed at because he's a fucking pussy. 
you know, hitting Nolan was kind of a, a a parallel to me when I would hate some of the Red Wings players. Um, it's yeah. not that they they did anything apparently, you know, off the books dirty or whatnot, but it was just that they just were in the. It happened to piss me off because they were so, they were good, uh, scoring big goals and at the, at the wrong time against us. So, uh, although with the Blues and the Sharks. Sharks beat us. We beat them. You know, it was a back and forth kind of a thing too. So, mm-hmm. um, and with the last four series we played, I want to say we split, right? They beat us. We beat them. They beat us. We beat them. It was a uh, 2000, 2001. And then, uh, uh, let's see. Yep. They won 2000. We won 2001. They won 03 or 04, whatever year that was. And then blues won. Oh, let's see. What was that? That was 12. Yeah. yeah. First year, they were back in the playoffs. And the Sharks won and in 16. Sharks won in 16, then Blues in 19. Yeah. So, so it's wow, yeah, it is it's going back and forth. forth. Very nice. Yeah, no, I, and I love the Sharks rivalry. And I, and I, and I, I do too. I, I, I'd love for them to get good again because that's that's so much fun. For whatever reason, I don't know. It's fun. There's history there. It's good stuff. So we can and we can actually trash talk with the Teal Town a little bit more. You know, and that, it's kind of... You know, you kick somebody when they're down, you know, your team's struggling. It's just, it's no fun to hate on a team when they're struggling. <laughs> you want to hate yeah. on them when they're good. They get the rivalry, right? Yeah. It's right. strictly in sports terms, you know, you, it's a, you want to beat the team that's good. So if you're good, you know, you know, trash talking a team that's not as good is kind of like, eh, that's not as fun. <laughs> um, and, and that's this season too. The Blues did not have a great season. So, I mean, we're not exactly amazing right now. Right. Um, COVID news, uh, Perron, Walker, and Wallman, three Blues players who tested positive for COVID prior to the playoffs had, uh, all been vaccinated. That came out, uh, what today, yesterday. Uh, so, uh, Adrian Dater, a, uh, Dater, daughter, Dater, a Colorado Dater. writer, Dater, erroneously suggested otherwise, uh, based on no information whatsoever and was critical of the Blues players for not getting vaccinated, uh, he assumed. And when you make, and when you assume, you make an ass out of you and pretty much you. Uh, to my knowledge, we, uh, <laughs> we mentioned this. Uh, well, I was gonna say we mentioned this idiot last week. He's uh, he's uh, basically um, trying to think of a good comparison. He's a disgraced journalist. Let's just say that uh, he's done some stupid shit in the past. He's not well liked. Um, and, and I'm not just out for blood in this episode. It sounds like I am. But Adrian Dater is uh, everything that I am against in terms of journalism. He makes shit up. He's uh, a clown on social media because he uh, doesn't respect women. He doesn't respect anybody oh, else but himself. Yeah, that's um, right. We did, so, we yeah, did talk not, about him. Not a fan. Because we mentioned him trying to uh, get pics from, a, from a, a Blues fan on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. He's everything that's wrong with journalism. It's so a he's a nobody. Douche. Yep. Um, and to my knowledge, he has not posted a retraction for any of his comments about no. the blues uh, as far as not taking the, the vaccine uh, or an apology for his stupid comments, which, I mean, I, I was thinking of a better word than stupid, but stupid is just pretty, pretty accurate. It's a stupid comment. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So um, our, our end of the season. Well, well real, real quick. Yeah, want to talk a little bit about David Perron. Um, oh, yeah. Did he not just see? Did you watch the conference yesterday? No, no, I, I read some. So of it. he just he seemed just out of sh- out of sorts. I mean, 
and that's why I just I've really come to to truly love David Perron as a hockey player and as a as a person, really. Um, the guy just looked just beat up because and, and he wasn't even part of the series. The reason he was beat up was because he couldn't play in the series. And and I think it really, really upset him. Uh, and I, I just, I love that compete. I love that drive in players. And I mean, I hope David Perron, he's had his stints away from St. Louis. There was a lot of talk about, well, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but um, I, I just hope he's here the rest of his career because uh, that conference, man, it just made me, say man that that guy's a true blue I, I love everything about that guy yeah and i think i think most if not all the blues nations on board with that because they, he, i mean it's it's crazy how far Peron has come since his early days here his first stint here because uh even even when we, he was you know brought back this last time when they first brought him back when it was announced i was like oh this is our splash <laughs> you know where we got Peron and bozak huh well all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a thrilling day until we got O'Reilly. Then all of a sudden, oh, O'Reilly, Perron, and Bozak. What? Okay. Now yeah, we're talking. I, uh, well, because the other rumor was, you know, oh, they're going to sign Paul Stastny again. So it was yeah. like they're going to sign Perron and Stastny. That's going to be their answer. Bring back the old guys who didn't get it done. You know. So yeah. It, <laughs> It definitely had a different turnaround yeah. than we expected. And then when you heard Bozak's contract, it's like, ooh, that's high. That's a little high. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh, we signed two guys that we had one before. You know, I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't, you know, I, I was impressed by Perron's, you know, but he was always like a, a liability, a frustrating player. He, he put up some points, but also take some penalties. So, and then Bozak's uh, salary is like, oh, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, then O'Reilly happened and it all changed. So. Um, we, we do have an end of the season report card. Jeremy Rutherford uh, did one for the athletic. If you haven't subscribed to athletic, if you have subscribed, go check this out. It's a great breakdown of, of his report card. So, and uh, I wanted to do one uh, for us uh, to go down and we can uh, kind of give the players some grades real quick as far as how, how we feel they did. Um, and uh, some of them, you know, maybe surprising, some not, I know a, uh, some of Jeremy, Jeremy's, Jeremy's, uh, his, his is like, I agree with so many of them. Um, yeah. Disagree with some others. And uh, he was blunt, uh, bluntly honest and critical, which is fantastic. Which again, we've talked about it before with him in athletic is just great. Honest blues coverage uh, is what you get with Rutherford at the athletic when it's, it's fantastic because you don't get that quite with other people that cover the blues. So uh, that's why his, it's a nice, refreshing, um, honest take where you read some of the stuff and it's like, wow. He said that I didn't think yeah. I was going to say that publicly <laughs> that writes, you know, as a, it gets as press credentials, but, um, but yeah, so let's, uh, let me pull up my, uh, my list here. Um, we, we, I'll just read off the names, Jeff. You want to tell me your grade? And if you want a, a quick little, uh, if you have something, a snippet sure. as to why, and we'll do that. Okay. Uh, Perron, David Perron, what do you got? Uh, I give him an A plus. Uh, okay. Best Blues forward, and uh, you know, uh, the, the played in every game in an injury-riddled season. Uh, had to be shuffled through the lineup just because of issues, and 
still competed every night, still played well. He's uh, he gets an A plus for me. A plus for me too. I, it it is arguably his best season as a pro. You know, and yeah. he's he's what? the only other one that combats is his year in Vegas. Well, he's I mean, he, which I yeah. Well, his year in Vegas. Let's look at this. Uh, his year in Vegas. Okay, he's got uh, uh, yeah, sixty six points. So he had more points. His plus minus wasn't quite as good. He had a lot more penalty minutes. He had over yeah. twice as many. So he was more disciplined. He only had 22 penalty minutes, which is the lowest of his career since yeah. since 2010, 2011, when he only played 10 games. So he was much more disciplined, which was the knock on him offenses on penalties, yeah. right? So he's, he, had, he was very disciplined the year this year. Um, a little bit better plus minus, not by a lot, by like a, what four or five, um, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, but eightless points. So I, I think arguably, you know, arguably his best all around play this season. I think it was uh, because yeah. it's it's point per game. So yeah, he didn't have sure. as many points, but he also didn't play nearly as many games. Sure, sure. Uh, point per game player, well more so because he had fifty eight and fifty six. That's true. Yeah, uh, he he played fourteen more games and had eight and had eight more points. So I think he's he's. Pretty much on pace. There. I'm going to say this was his best season. Yeah. I think yeah, that's I think so. the only one that rivals it is his Vegas season. Sure. This one's his best. Right. I agree. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Um, I give him an A. I think he, uh, you know, I mean, you have 54 points in 56 games, played great defensively, uh, stepped up as a captain. I thought, you know, I saw somebody with a bad take on Twitter that said that, O'Reilly is 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 was the poor choice for captain. I don't agree at all. I think yeah. we saw him bark at his teammates. We heard a lot of great stuff from him in the media this year. Um, I think he's an excellent leader. So yeah, I'll give him an A. I'll give him an A plus. I think I think being a first year, I think he he was fantastic on the ice. Work ethic is is I mean he he lives up to his own uh, uh, demands with his work ethic, um, which is tremendous. Um, and, and like you said, with the press conferences, he answered the bell. He was always there to comment after a game, mm -hmm. good or bad. Um, and he, you could tell that when things didn't go well, uh, he, it, 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 it really bothered him that things weren't going well. Um, and, uh, I think he did a great job as a captain his first season. Uh, he, he had some critics, but you know, I, I think, I think he did fine. I, I don't, uh, I'm not sure what else you can ask the guy to do. So, uh, especially considering all the things that happened to the Blues this season. Uh, Tyler Bozak. Bozak, um, well, injury-riddled season. Um, but I thought he was solid. Um, again, 17 points in 31 games. Uh, took him a little while to get going, I thought, after his injury. But uh, played some big minutes late in the se in the season. Um uh, we'll talk about him, I'm sure, through a couple more episodes here. But, uh, man, I, I don't know. I'm going to give him – I'll give him a B minus. Okay. I think I give him a solid B. So I, I was I was, I was, was fine with Bozak. I uh, I like Bozak. I, I don't think uh, – I mean, we can talk about this in a little bit. I don't think he's coming back um, unless he takes less, you know. But, but if the Blues want to get faster, uh, younger, I mean, he's not it. He's uh, – what is he, 36, I think? Where's Bozak? Where's Bozak? Bozak. He is 34. 35. 34. I've got 35. Are you doing math? Oh, 35. No, I'm that, that, Okay, that's interesting because uh, on one page on Hockey Reference, he's listed as 34 years old. 
No, he's 35. March okay. 19th, 1986 was his birthday. All right. The, uh, the the main list of all the players has him at 34, and then you click on his name, and then it shows 35. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, Jordan Cairo. You know, um, I was actually probably a bigger critic of his than a lot of people. Um, I think mid-season he kind of disappeared, but him being a rookie, you know, uh, he stepped in and played played big big top line minutes for the Blues. So I'm gonna give him a, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how many how many points did he have? He had uh, 35 points in 55 games. Not bad, not bad at all. Uh, I'll go B plus. Okay, I went solid B again. I think uh, he he came out of the gate strong this season, real strong. And you're like, wow, this guy's on fire, and then he disappeared for a long stretch. Um, yeah. So. Uh, you know, it just comes with the territory, you know, new player, rookie player. So uh, I liked his play, like him. I think he, if he can continue to uh, build on his game uh, and uh, man, the chances he gets are phenomenal and his hands are phenomenal, but he just needs to get that shot off, you know, mm-hmm. instead of lose the handle at the last minute or that the hold onto it just a, just a tick too long. Yeah. I, we, we talked about that a lot on this yeah. uh, uh, show it, that it was like, He'd make one extra move, and mm-hmm. and I call I call that the Maxime Finneganov. <laughs> I thought Finneganov was a guy that could have put up 50 goals in the NHL, and I'm not elaborating. But the problem was he would come in, he'd have a chance to score, and then he'd make one extra move, give the goalie time, give the defenseman time, and then they would stop him. And I feel like that's kind of what Kairou did this season, maybe not to the same extent, but uh, yeah, hopefully he corrects that in the offseason. Uh, Sunfist. Not a lot from Sunquist this year. Uh, what? How many games did he have? Twenty-eight. He had, uh, 20, twenty-eight games. Oh, twenty-eight games. Yeah. I mean, he played Half fine. Uh, I'll give Sunquist. You know, again, short season for him. Nine points minus six. Um, I'll give him a, a B minus, C plus, somewhere in there. I gave him a solid B. I'm like trending solid Bs right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I mean, what's not to like about Sunquist? He's a he's a solid player. Um, and I think he played another solid season and I think his absence was noticed, uh, with this team. So, yes, uh, I, I think, but I'll give him a B, uh, Mike Hoffman. This would be a good one. Hoffman's an interesting one, right? I think, um, I think Hoffman, man, Hoffman, it wouldn't surprise me for a wide range. You could, you can make an argument for a wide range of grades on him. I think. Yeah. I'm going to just go solid C on Hoffman, uh, just because, and we can get into, we've talked about on the show, maybe he was underutilized, maybe he wasn't being used correctly, whatever. But just judging by the end result, what we saw, excuse me, from Mike Hoffman this year, um, I'm going to give him a solid C. I thought he turned it on. I mean, if you talk about the first half, I give him an F. You give, you talk about the second half, I give him an A. So I think I just got to meet in the middle and say C. I'm going to give him a B minus. Because I th- I don't think his uh, shortcomings early on in the season, first half of the season, were all his fault. I don't think he was utilized properly. He wasn't put on the first power play like he should have been. Uh, and when they finally started to put him on, you know, on the power play and feed him uh, and use him like they should have been using him, he 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 basically got the booze in the playoffs uh, down the stretch. Helped anyway significantly. So I'll go be I'll go a little a little higher, a tick higher than you with the B minus. Um, Barbashev. So I'm I'm pretty high on Barbashev. Actually, I'm going to go A minus. 
on uh, on Barbie. I he didn't put up a ton of points again. You know, he was used a lot as a third line center more this year, I think, because of injuries. Uh, you know, behind Shen and O'Reilly and even Bozak at times. But uh, he was asked to step into different roles many times this year. And again, maybe he didn't put up the points, but I thought he still played solid. So uh, A minus for Ivan Barbashev. I am going C for Barbashev. Only because, I, I guess because I'm still stuck um, with him. And I, I granted, now he's he, a lot of time on the fourth line, third line. Um, but I just feel like he, and same thing with Blay, I, I want to see more production out of him. I think he's, he's got it in him. It's just not, it's not coming. And I, maybe that's not fair because of how it was used, but uh, I just, I, I, I want to see more offense from him. I think he's got it in him. It's just not happening. Uh, McEachern. It's not. Well, first of all, I'm going to speak for uh, Bill and say, Bill's going to give him an F. Uh, <laughs> Bill is no, not McEachern. Oh, Sorry, McEachern. McEachern. Sorry, McEachern yeah, for Bill gets a uh, gets an F. For me, I give him a solid C. I thought he was fine. Um, again, nothing, nothing too exciting. Um, I know in in Rutherford's article he had mentioned that um, uh, you kind of wanted him to step up this year if he could have stayed healthy with all the injuries, but unfortunately it got him too, uh, and that's exactly right. So when he was in the lineup. Eh, he had a couple bad games, but I thought he had some pretty solid uh, board play. I'm going to go see. I did see too. I was like, eh. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was a body. I, I Honestly, it's really hard to think of a lot of positives he had or a lot of negatives he had. It's just kind of like he was there uh, filling spots. Um, I see. Uh, De La Rose. When he played, I thought he played better than he has. Uh, so I'll go B minus. Okay. I did uh, C plus. So we're about the same. Uh, Braden Shen. Uh, you know, he started off gangbusters. Uh, he was, I think he had a big first game there against the Avalanche that everyone was so excited about. Uh, and then he kind of had his, he's kind of a streaky guy. So, I'm going to go a C minus on Shen. I'd like to see more from him. Now, I guess he gets a little bit of a bump because he, uh, he is quite the team leader. He's a guy who will fight when you need him to. He'll defend his teammates. I love that about him. But uh, overall, production is what you want him there for. And I just don't think he brought enough of that. So I'll go C minus. I agree with you. Uh, I went with a C. I wanted to see more from him too. Um, his points were down a little this year. So uh, that's... And, and and a lot of this stuff is you know across the board down like the a lot of the players had points that were below the norm just because and that that reflective of how the team performed this year as uh, mostly uh Sammy Blay Sammy Blay man so he started off not even in the lineup so it's hard for right. me to give him a yeah. bad score because he did have to work his way back into the lineup but uh, again, with injuries, you're going to see time. It's going to happen. Uh, he was okay. Uh, I'll go C minus. I did C minus as well. Uh, I <clears throat> Again, same boat as Barbashev. I, I think he has the ability, Blay does, to put up a lot more points. I, I think he has the skill. Um, 
far more skill than Sanford, I think. So if you're going to give, if you're going to bump a guy up in the lineup, I'd rather see Blay go up than Sanford. I think. Uh, I just think he's got that yeah. skill in him. Agree. Um, but but then again, I mean, he hits. So, I mean, if if your your top three lines are stacked, Blay all of a sudden becomes a really good fourth line player who can score. So mm-hmm. if you can build a fourth line with Blay on it. That's fantastic because you can score from your fourth line. But uh, it'd be nice if he could if he could find that a little, little bit more. What does he got? His points this season were uh, 15 yeah, he had 15, and 36. Yeah, 15 and 36. And uh, let's see how that compares to previous seasons. Uh, 15 and 36, and last year was 13 and 40. So about the same. A uh, little, little tick higher. But, again, I, wanna, I, I, I see more skill on the ice than he's delivering. So it's almost yeah. like he's due for a breakout season for me in a way where he could put up, you know, 40 points in a season, maybe 35 be kind of nice. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll, I hope he has that in him. Uh, Robert Thomas. So I'm, I'm we're going to talk about Thomas here in a minute, but uh, man, I did not like his season this year. I know he had injuries. He had two separate, uh, he had the, the thumb and the shoulder, I believe. Right. Um, but it's uh uh, just didn't see enough production from him as a guy who what's his third season. Now he's already a cup winner, but you expect him to grow and grow and grow. And eventually he'll be that top six guy you want from him. But you know, he had some great moments. I remember he made a ridiculous pass. I think it was in the first game against Colorado that led to a goal. Um, but just not enough from him. 12 points in 33 games. We need more from Robert Thomas at this point in his career. Um, I'm going to give him a D, flat out D. Yeah, almost half as many points as he had last season. Uh, yeah. and, well, I mean, when you when you factor it out too, he played he played half as many games as last year exactly, and he had a fourth the points. So if you double his games played to match the games played from last year, he doubled his points. He had about half the points. So uh, he. He fell off a little bit, but again, his situation, I think, was had a lot. He wasn't healthy at all. Um, I think uh, Armstrong pretty much said that uh, in the press conference he had the other day, or today, yesterday, where he talked about Thomas, and it was like, or it was Brubay, I think it was Brubay. Uh, he said that he looks for, he, he hinted that Thomas was really struggling with injuries this year. So, and next year, he looks for him to be, have a big season. So with that said, I'm going to be a little easier on Thomas just because of the injuries. I'm not going to, uh, you know, I guess in the end, some of these grades aren't the players' faults, but I, maybe I, I'm grading him that way. So I don't think, I don't think his performance was, uh, you know, all his fault. It's more of a uh, injury thing that kind of held him back quite a bit. So I'll go C minus. I didn't hit the D range with him. Uh, Kyle Clifford. I'm going to give him a solid C. He was pretty much exactly what I expected. I did uh, C minus with uh, Clifford, so we're close. Uh, and I agree with you. He was he. I mean, when they used him the way you know, when they had him line up, he did what he was supposed to, I guess. Uh, I think fans might like to see him fight a little bit more, but that's kind of going away. Yeah. Uh, wishful thinking. Tarasenko. I'm gonna give him a D minus, um, and I would be an F if it wasn't for the fact that this guy is really battled his way back um you got to respect the drive the perseverance of this guy um i would love nothing more than to see vladimir tarasenko turn it on and be that guy again 
I just don't see it. Um, I didn't, I saw him shying away from contact. I didn't see, you know, I know he's got his uh, shoulder problems. It seems like his speed has declined, which is an issue for me because that has nothing to do with your, well, little to do with your shoulders. It's more about your feet. So I thought his speed was down. He was shying away from contact. He wasn't shooting when he first came back as well as he could have. Now he did turn that on a little bit towards the end of the season and in the playoffs, but um, especially in the last game. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go D minus on Tarasenko. Uh, I did D plus, so we're not uh, too far off. We both gave him a D. Um, I and and I know I said with Thomas that injuries factored into my grade with him. So I, I didn't give him a D because of that. Um, Tarasenko's, uh, he said his shoulder was 100%. So I'm going by what he's saying. He said his shoulder when he came back was 100%. Um, and so he, he he played in enough games this season to where a shoulder that's 100%, he should have been better. So uh, even I mean, you give him a half dozen games to get back into it, 10 games tops, and he should have been better. So what, how many games did he play this season? Tarasenko played 24? 24 games, yeah. So he should have. I mean, and he put up 14 points in 24 games. Um, four goals. That's yeah, the big one. The four game. goals. Yeah, that, and that's that's where towards his... the end of the season, if he's going to be back at 100, percent he's putting up more than four goals. You know, maybe it takes him a while to get going, but he just he didn't have that same spark we've seen in him. And he's getting ice time. Let's see us sort of here, but average ice time. He gets uh, of the forwards. He's fourth in ice time, so he's getting some ice time. Perron was first. By the way, it is now it is now three nothing Minnesota. So we will see a game seven between those two teams. Ah, yeah. Actually, hold on. Tresenko was second. No, I'm sorry. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, fifth. Nice time. Sorry. Seventeen twenty-five per game. Average time on ice. And that was that's that's a knock on Baruby for me. I think later in the season in the playoffs. You have to notice Vladimir Tarasenko is not the same guy. Give other guys a yeah. chance to, to put the puck on that. I mean, he spent a lot of time on the second line, so it makes sense that he's in that, you know, top six in minutes. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I would expect more of him because he said his shoulder was 100%, so he should have done more with that 100% shoulder, unless he's lying about it. He had a groin issue at the end of the season, uh, which, which held him back in the playoffs. He was not the same player. Uh, except for game four. Uh, Zach Sanford. <laughs> Is it possible to give an F minus? Yes, sure. Okay, F minus it is. He's at like a 20%. What? Uh, Advanced stats will tell you Zach oh, Sanford is one of the best stats. left wingers in the NHL. He made me fucking... <laughs> he made me turn against my own word. I have been a Zach Sanford apologist for two to three years now. I finally had enough this year. He had too many turnovers in the defensive zone. <laughs> Plenty oh. of opportunities oh. to redeem himself, too. I mean, how much was Barubi? Again, another knock on Barubi. He kept putting him out there in offensive situations, and I kept thinking, okay, clearly Barubi is seeing something that I'm not, and I'm going to start seeing it here soon, and it yeah. just never happened. So... No, Zach Sanford, you've got the worst score on the team, in my opinion. How many games in a row did he have a... Was he on the ice for the game-tying goal real late in the third or the game-losing goal 
late in the third where he should have blocked a shot but didn't or turn fucking turned it over a terrible turnover uh, at the blue line it happened like three or four games in a row where he was he was directly involved in a shit goal against late in the game or almost like a turnover where they almost scored uh, that one game uh, was against Minnesota I think where uh, we almost we almost lost the game because of Sanford and then went down the ice and scored that was I think it was against Minnesota so yeah, Zach Sanford gets enough for me too. <laughs> I've I I loved Zach Sanford when we first got him. When we first got him. Me too. And I thought, oh, this guy's got some skill. He's got he can got some growth. If he just continues to use this, no, he never went anywhere. So uh, he's just and he's gotten worse. Um, it's just I don't know, I don't know. I I'm not sure why Bruby keeps playing him, but uh, I, hopefully. Costin comes in next year and impresses in camp and makes a, and takes the hopefully Sanford's like gone, but we can pay Seattle to take him in the expansion draft. That'd be nice. Yeah, or just trade him. Trade him for uh, Eichel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we'll you go. Straight up. Later. Yeah, straight up. Jaden Schwartz. Uh, well, folks, uh, you heard me bitch about him a couple episodes ago, uh, so I won't go into too much detail here, but one thing I will take away from Jeremy Rutherford's article, he's 100% right. Uh, he said he had eight goals this season, and four of them came in two games, meaning he scored in six of his 40 regular season games. That is not good enough. You're a top six forward, and I'm not even saying goals. I mean, you know, maybe you say, okay, well, at least he racked up the assists. Uh, no, he didn't. He only had 13 assists, 21 points on the year. Not good enough. Chris Kerber said uh, today, I think on 101-1, the Blues, what they need to, he said he feels like the Blues' biggest hole is top line left wing. And I 100% agree because Jaden Schwartz is not that. Jaden Schwartz gets an F for me. And I really, we'll talk about it later, really and truly hope that he's played his last game as a St. Louis Blue. Oof, oof. Um, let me pull up his uh, salary here. Schwartz makes or made. Uh, where is he? Schwartz, uh, five point uh, three five mil, and he is a UFA, so he uh, he can walk and sign elsewhere. Overpaid for that entire contract, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, but oh, but man, wasn't is the contract not worth it for what he did against Winnipeg in the playoffs? No, 2019 I'm one just, playoff year. Oh. Hell yeah. He was phenomenal. And I will say, you know, when it comes to 2019, I'm willing to deal with any overpaid contract. <laughs> yeah. So I'm okay with it, but I'm just saying overall is, I think he was overpaid. Kelly's call when Schwartz tips out of midair. Schwartz, Schwartz, Schwartz. I don't believe yeah. it. Oh my God. <laughs> one of the forgotten goals in the playoffs. And it, it was one yeah. of the biggest, one of the biggest. Yep. Uh, basically won the series. Um, I gave him a D minus. What'd you give him? What grade? I gave him an F. I gave him a D minus. Um, I just, I, I have a, I had a hard time giving Schwartz the same grade as Sanford. It's almost like the well, same. I gave, I gave Sanford an F minus. You did. So. I, but I gave Sanford an F. So that's where I'm coming from. I gave Sanford an F. <laughs> so I gave Schwartz a little, a little higher D minus. I can't give Schwartz the same as Sanford because I'd rather have Schwartz than Sanford even though the salary is vastly different. Yes. All right, so that, that wraps up the forwards. Uh, defensemen. Oh, well, 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 before we get defensemen, a uh, few comments about uh, the forwards. Uh, Derek says, uh, 
Kairu needs to gain some pounds so he can hold on to pucks better. I feel like the opponents would wait for Kairu to get the puck because he was the easiest to beat off the puck. Um, I, I, I think probably that's more on Kairu, you know, like situational awareness to know uh, to get rid of the puck <laughs> when uh, guys are on him because he didn't have that as, as much as he should have. Um, yeah, I, I agree. He gets older, he gets bigger. That's part of the deal. Well, and let's let's face it too. That the more hockey, the the higher leagues you go through, your timing is is going to be different every time, and and that's where guys start to grow. You start seeing them. Okay, he's gone from the ECHL to the AHL. It's a little quicker. He's his hands are getting quicker. It's by the end of the season. AHL to NHL, same thing. So, I think it's just a matter of it's something he'll correct. Uh, I'm hoping he'll correct. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think overall, I think he's going to figure it out. Um, just a matter of, of getting the timing down and knowing that he doesn't have as much time as he used to. Um, and we also have, uh, Derek said, uh, well, I, Austin Lynch said we won the same amount of playoff games as San Jose. And that's very true. Yep. Um, but San Jose did not get the playoff revenue. I mean, as little as it was that the Blues did. So there's that for the franchise. So as the franchise goes. Uh, Derek also said uh, numbers were down across the board because we never had consistent lines. No, I mean, that's part of it. That's part of it. But also, I mean, injuries played a huge role in that, too. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, obviously, if everyone's healthy, your lines are going to be fairly similar. unless you're struggling really bad. Then every coach does it. I mean, and, and all the fans complain about it. But I think I think you can't. It's hard to go to the well time and time again with the same thing and come up empty. So if you're struggling, it's I think it's fine to to change things up and to try something new. Um, and it's, but this season with the injuries, you're you've got to mix and match and try and find something. So I mean I'm sure a lot of it came from that too. Um, I'll add one more before we get to defenseman. Uh, it's not on on Rutherford's list, but uh, and he's really not technically on the roster, I guess. But Dakota Joshua. Uh, I'm very excited about him. I I loved his play this year. I don't think he's going to be, you know, even a top nine guy. I think he's going to be a solid fourth liner. I think he's got a solid NHL career out of him. Um, I give him an A. I'm, I'm, I think a lot needs to happen, but I'm hoping that, uh, you know, with some trades, with some signings, with guys coming and going, I'm hoping he has a more consistent role next year where at least maybe he'll be the 13th forward. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and I think based on based on what I expected out of him, which was not a whole lot, um, I I was pleasantly surprised with his play. Uh, I and I I'll, I'll give him a, I'll give him a B plus, sure. Um, Justin Falk. Uh, I mean, I guess with comparatively speaking, I'd give him an A plus, but I think overall we'll say A minus. Uh, you know, he was great. Uh, man, I mean, coming from last season, we stepped into oh. this year with the lowest hopes possible for Justin Falk. You know, he had a couple bad turnovers here and there, but what Blues defenseman didn't this year? Uh, for the most part, I'd say for, I mean, 90% of his games, he was on it. He played solid. When he got the bump in minutes, that's exactly what he needed. And, uh, Unbelievable. Uh, how many games in a row did he play almost 30 plus minutes? I mean, it, it was insane. The guy played phenomenal seeing him go down again. Fuck you, Nazem Kadri, because you have to wonder. And again, I know that they were outplayed, but if Justin Falk stays in that game, 
you never know. Maybe a couple goals, maybe whatever. Something happens. Who knows? But, yes, Justin Falk, uh, great season. Excited to see what else we'll get from him in the future. I'll give him overall, I'll say A-. minus. I gave him a solid A, uh, mostly for what you said, but I also wanted to toss in that uh, I think, I think uh, again, like compared to last season, like you said, uh, tremendous improvement over last season, on, on, like exponential. And also, Pareko was supposed to be the number one defenseman this season, and he struggled with injuries, missed a lot of time, and Fox stepped up. He was that mm-hmm. guy. So he became the number one. And for, for a while, into this, for a good chunk into the season, I'm like, he's a Norse candidate. For I mean, I, I thought I, yeah. he was fantastic. So I, I'm, I'm more than happy with his play uh, this season. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and I think it, uh, be, you know, it, it was nice to, to, and I said, I said this last year, I'm like, he's going to be a lot better this year. I bank on it. He's going to be better. I expect that out of him because he's a better player than he showed last year. And he is. And he was. Uh, Jake Wallman. I'll give him a B plus. I thought uh, stepped in really well. It's a guy we've heard we've heard his name for a couple of years now, and and wonder when he'd get his shot. With all the injuries, he was able to step in, and uh, yeah, I thought he looked great. I think he's earned himself an NHL job. So uh, I'm going to say B plus. Uh, I said A minus. I love Woman. I think I think his uh, confidence on the ice, his poise, his patience. Uh, how his transition game out of the blue zone, fantastic. Uh, confidence with the puck, uh, zipping uh, around a couple players to come out of the zone to carry it out. He's done. He's been fan. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I have high hopes for Wallman, uh, and I'm hoping that he. I mean, if I were Seattle, I mean, depending on who the Blues protect, I mean. He might be. I mean, and depending who else they choose from other teams and what they need, uh, man, he's the guy I might take a chance on. I, I think he's he's not re- eligible. Oh, that's right. He's not. That's right. He, that's yeah. right. Uh, first, uh, not playing enough games. The second year, first, first second year player, right? First or second year player? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So uh, actually, right. I think he missed, he's missing two games, I believe. Okay, good. Well, then even better, <laughs> because yeah. I think I think he's a guy. If he was eligible to be taken, I think he's a guy who could be taken. Um, yeah, so depending, but I mean, you're going to have done exposed, um, if you know, whatever, but, uh, so we'll, we'll see I, I if I'm Seattle, but we'll talk about that a bit. Um, I, I'd give Wallman a, did I say a minus a minus? So, yeah. yeah. A minus. I, I like Wallman a lot. I think maybe I'm higher on him than some people, but, uh, I mean, if he can, if he continues to improve on his game from this year, he's going to be, uh, top four next year. I think he's gonna be good. Uh, Gunnarsson. Hard to remember Which, back to Gunnarsson. Yeah, I know, but, right? Uh, <laughs> Did he play 12, for us this year? <laughs> 12 games played. Yeah, 12 games played. Uh, probably seen his last days in St. Louis uh, as his contract's up. But I'm going to go C-. minus. Um, I thought, you know, you could see that he had aged. I think uh, last year he still had plenty to give the Blues, but um, he just looked a little slower this year before his injury. So, uh, yeah, I'll go C minus on Carl Gunnarsson. They were saying uh, his career might be over. We'll we'll see. Yeah, thirty four. I, so. I mean, it might be, might be done. Um, I gave uh, Gunnarsson a. What'd you give him? Sorry, I gave him a C minus. C minus. I I gave him a I gave him a swan song B. 
just because I don't know. I, I, he played 12 games and he had two points. I mean, I didn't get to see much of him. I feel bad giving him a C. A C feels like a bad grade to me. Um, I just don't think I saw enough of him to give him a bad grade this this season. So uh, I'll just be kind and I'll say B, a B minus. I'll say B minus. Uh, Tory Krug. I'm going to go. Uh, so again, tale of two different guys here. Uh, for offense, I give him an A plus. For defense, I give him a D plus. Um, I just think uh, I wanted to see a little bit more physicality than we saw. You know, and a lot of people were down on his offense because he didn't score a lot. He only had two goals, one even strength goal. Um, but, you know, he had 30 assists, solid 32 points in 51 games in his first season in the Blues system. He was the highest he was scoring okay. defenseman. Yeah, he was, he was fine. Um, you know, so I'm going to give him a C plus overall. I think uh, there's room to improve for him next season in St. Louis, but I just think that uh, defensively and not that he was the worst defenseman on the ice for the blues, because there was a lot of bad defense this year. Uh, but I just think we could have seen a little bit more from him and maybe his second year, like Falk, maybe we'll see him have a different year next year. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I gave him a C plus. I think uh, uh, I agree with you completely. I think his uh, his offense was good. Um, would like to see a few more goals. Uh, be a little more dangerous on the power play uh, with the point shot. Uh, but uh, I he was shaky defensively. Too many turnovers uh, uh, coming out of his own end. Just wasn't smooth. Uh, and and maybe again, maybe that's kind of a kind of a like a Justin Falk last year kind of a thing. Uh, although crew wasn't near as bad as Falk was last year. No, um, no not even close, but maybe, maybe it's a thing where Krug after a year in the system, then next year he kind of takes off a little bit better defensively. So, so we'll see. Cause Falk was got awful last year defensively for the blues. Terrible, yeah. terrible. Mm -hmm. So I mean, hopefully uh, that, that uh, kind of, he takes the same path. Uh, Nico Mikola, which is the, the best I'll name on the a... team. Oh, for sure. Uh, B minus. Uh, I'm probably a little more generous towards rookies just because they were kind of all thrust into a really difficult situation this year. Um, but I thought he stepped in and, and I liked his game last year when he played. So uh, I think uh, maybe he didn't really improve as well as you thought he might after seeing him play last year. But Again, I said this about him. I think I think he's going to have a solid NHL career. I think of like a Carl Gunnarsson, a guy who's going to be around the NHL for a while and just contribute good defense, contribute offensively here and there. Um, liked his game overall, so B minus. Uh, I did uh, B plus. I, I I'm high on Mikola. I liked him. I liked him when he was here before and and played some games before. I like him now. I uh, thought he played big. I thought you know, he used his size well. Um, didn't back down from people. Kind of, you know, when, when players would uh, you know step in front and get in uh, Bennington's face or whatever, he'd kind of push him away, or or someone's poking, he'd shove him away. You know, he didn't. He he was a little more physical than Pareko, which I liked. I wished he would. I wish Pareko would use his size a little bit more, like like uh, Mikola does. Um, but yeah, I, I like Mikola. I'm high on him. I think he's got a. How old is he too? Let's see. Mikola is. Uh, he is uh, 30. No, sorry, he's 24. 24 years old, so he's still pretty young. So I, I, I like I like Miguel. He's got defensemen typically don't come into their own 
uh, for a few more years yet. So um, I think he's got room to grow, and I think he I think he will. If he does, I think he'll be a really nice defenseman for us if we can hold on to him. I don't know where you're getting your ages from, but he is 25. I'm hockey reference. <laughs> April 27th, 1996. So Maybe, I'm, I'm looking at the major list here. If you go go back to the the whole, the entire list of the team's names, right? I'm I'm using NHL.com. Okay, I'm just I'm just saying. I, if I click on their name and go to the individual page, then it shows the correct name. But on the big list, it shows. I guess they're off by a little bit. Close hmm. enough. 24, 25, whatever. Yeah. Right in two, there. Yeah, a couple years away. 26, 27. That's his prime for a defenseman. Uh, entering his prime. Uh, Colton Pareko. I'm going to go D minus. I was very low on Colton Pareko this year. Now, maybe it's a little unfair with the back injury he had. And I think, honestly, we're going to hear pretty soon that he might have to have some kind of rehab, maybe even surgery, miss the start of next year. I wouldn't be surprised to hear that news at all. But going on what we saw this year from him, I thought he was suspect defensively. He wasn't shooting the puck like we've seen him in the past. Uh, breakouts were awful. Uh, didn't show the same stride we've seen him have in the past. Just a very timid Colton Pareko this year. So um, I don't know how much of it is that he was thrust into a number one role. I honestly like to believe that that wasn't anything to do with it, that it was the injury problems. But uh, again, judging off his play on the ice, D minus. I'm going to go C uh, because I, I think uh, his injury just killed the season. I, I, he he was not, I mean, it was obvious. We talked about this. It was obvious he was hurt and he was just not playing well. And they finally sat him after what, seven or eight games of like playing, or six or seven games of playing poorly. And uh, we're like, if he's hurt, sit him. And he, they finally did sit him for a handful of games. And then, uh, uh, more than a handful, actually, uh, quite a bit. And then he came back and, uh, he was kind of the same player, but then got a little better as the season went on, uh, down the stretch. Uh, but I think that his back injury just killed his season. Um, so, and they said that he is back. It, they're going to see how it responds to no surgery and, uh, hopefully they don't have to do surgery, but, uh, it is an option obviously. So, uh, I obviously would rather not do surgery if you don't have to. But uh, sometimes surgery is the right option, and it can get you, get you back to 100% quicker. So uh, I gave him a C because I, I don't I – don't, personally, I just didn't want to – I didn't want to give him a D for uh, something an injury may have caused for the most part with him. Uh, Scandella. Uh, man, I really wanted to give him a B range just because I thought he finished the season as one of the best defensemen on the Blues. But – I think overall for the whole year, he played 49 games of the 56. Uh, I thought he was a solid C player. Um, again, I think he finished the season strong. And I mentioned that on, on the show, I think last week, that just looked like the player the Blues thought they were getting when they uh, got him last season. So uh, I like Marco Scandella. I hope he sticks around. Uh, you might hear him on my protected list later if you're still tuned in. Uh, yeah, really? uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a C for Marco Scandella. Uh, I did C as well for reasons that you already said. I agree with you, uh, Bortuzzo. It's hard to rank Bortuzzo. It really, 
I don't know, I know why. Right? I, I had a lot of trouble with this one. Um, I uh, not to give away anything from Rutherford's article, but he said D plus for Vertuzzo. I think I just need to agree. Um, just looking overall at the Blues' defensive play, it was very poor this year. Um, and uh, you know, Bertuzzo, he stepped in when he needed to. He's a great shot blocker. Love him on the PK. But outside of that, I just don't know what he's really bringing to the team anymore. He doesn't seem like he's as physical as he used to be. Uh, yeah, D plus for Bertuzzo. By the way, according to my website, he is 87 years old. Go figure. 87. 87. Maybe that's why. He just can't keep up with these young guys anymore. Well, he, he's from the Dominican, so uh, they you know he says he's 22, but he's really 63. Uh, well, according to NHL.com, he is 32. Yeah, and, and my site says 31. And if I click on his name, I bet you it says 32. Let's see. Click on Bertuzzo's name. Open it up. I'll be down at 32. There it is. Update your, update your pages, hockey reference. My goodness. They got a uh, they got a wrong formula in there somewhere. They got a they got a dash where there should be a uh, M dash or something. I just, it's like six months off or something. Um, yeah. Vince Dunn. F. I did not like his game this year, um, and I know he had some injuries, uh, which you know a lot of again you can say that with almost anybody on this roster, but um, I don't think he's fit too well into the Baruby system. I thought he was okay in the 19 playoffs, but I didn't like him last year. I didn't like him this year. Uh, I do think he's played his last game as a St. Louis blue. I could see the blues trying to move his contract. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna give him a flat F not, not a fan of his game. Um, I gave him a D minus because again, no, I'm not going to give him the same grade as uh, Zach Sanford. <laughs> Um, so yeah. And I, I, and I loved it. Vince Dunn. I do. I just think he had a bad season. Um, and I, I do think, um, I don't think the blues move on from him. Maybe they do. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. He's a, he's probably the, one of the most intriguing stories of the off season, him and Schwartz, as far as what the blues are going to do, uh, for me. So we'll see. I, I, I like Dunn. I love Dunn's upside. But man, he's got to get some more consistency in his game. Uh, goalies. Any other comments here? Zach Sanford is the new Patrick Berglund. Um, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Zach Stanford. Miko Sheehan says Zach Stanford is the new Patrick Berglund. Uh, Derek says I wouldn't mind if Falk got an A next year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to take it from somebody. Uh, yeah, I mean, you well, can't take it unless one of them it. gets moved. You can't take it from Tarasenko if he's still here because uh, he's already pissed by not getting to see. Yeah. <laughs> so you take the A away. He's like, what the hell is going on? Yep. Uh, goalies, Jordan Bennington. Um, you know, if I'm going to factor in the, uh, the the playoffs, which I think you kind of have to. Yeah, sure. um, I'm going to give him, it's hard to go. I, I'm I'm teetering between B plus and A minus. I thought for chunks of the season, uh, he was, he was a little rough. He wasn't great, but again, I think his defense in front of him was piss poor. I was not a fan of the blues defense this year. Um, I'd love to see what he would do. I mean, I, I know a lot of people were down on him last year and I still don't really understand why I thought he played fine last year. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I 
I think after signing that contract, I think he still looked like a solid NHL goalie. I still put him in the top 10 of the NHL at the very least. So, um, you know what, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I'm going to go A-. minus. I thought he had a, a pretty solid season, you know, even when you're looking at the stats and, and you know, we got a lot of stat nerds. But I think overall he had a pretty good season. I'm going to go uh, solid. Oh, man, I had, you know what? I had a B and now I kind of want to change it to B plus. I think I'm gonna go B plus. Because uh the playoffs, if you factor in playoffs, I mean he was really, really good and playoffs are so much more important than the regular season. Um yeah, B plus. Why not? So I think I think early in the season, I think he had his issues. He struggled. I mean, defensive issues aside, he wasn't what he should have been. Um but uh so I'll I'll go solid B. Uh Ville Huso. Uh, you know, Villy, uh, if it wasn't for his first period struggles, uh, I would probably give him a B plus, maybe even a minus, but it took him a while to get into many games and granted some of that again, you know, there's times where the first shot went in and it was clearly all on the blues defense. Oh, God. So it's hard to like really blame Huso for all of those. But a lot of times you need your goalie to step up and have a big save to open the game. And it just never really happened with him until the last game he played in his shutout. Uh, he, I remember his first like five saves were ridiculous, but it was just kind of like, okay, that's great. But where was this the rest of the season yeah. when, when the blues were struggling? So um, I liked his game. I, I really, you know, a lot of people are saying they think the blues need to go out and get a good backup goaltender. I disagree. I think Billy Huso is fine. I'd like to see him in a full 82 game season. Um, I'm going to give him a, I'm going to go C plus. Okay. I went C minus uh, and his score got, if you're, you're going to track the score from the start of the season to the end, I think early on in the season, he was a, he's a D minus as an F player. He was, he was not good. Uh, th those, those early shots. I mean, again, defense, we're not helping, but man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta step up. One of the, I mean, how many starts in a row, or uh, like something like five out of his first seven starts, he allowed a goal in the first three shots. It was just absurd, yeah. um, and that was awful. And he wasn't good. I mean, otherwise, he wasn't really good. So I mean, his save percentage was below nine this season. His GAA was three point two. Uh, he did have that shutout, and he did play better down the stretch a few games. So that was that was good to see, and that helped his numbers. His numbers were worse than this. So um, and also Bennington too. Why he didn't get a better grade from me was because no shutouts. That that was a yeah. That was a thing. You, you couldn't steal one game <laughs> this season uh, with a shutout. That that Vegas game where he made fifty saves. Uh, I really thought I'm like he's gonna get it here. This is happening, yeah. and then they yeah. let him, allowed the one goal. I'm like, damn it, it's the Ryan Miller shutout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I think I think I agree with you. I think Huso can be a good backup, uh, and I think the end of the season uh, kind of encouraged me to to feel that way, uh, because the first half of the season I did not. I was like, yeah, he's not there. He's just not. But then he got better um, slowly, and he finished pretty strong. So. Um, you know, I, that doesn't mean a ton. I mean, it doesn't it mean something, but he could regress again. So I think if they do stick with him, I'm, I'm hopeful that he has a, a better season and has a, at least a save percentage above nine. That'd be nice. Yeah. 
Um, and the coaching staff, Craig Berube. Oh man, that is really hard to judge, Isn't you know, it? cause he had yeah. so many injuries and it's, it's hard to say like if they would have had a fully healthy roster the whole year, how things would have looked different this year. Um, again, I said it earlier, I thought he was out coached overall in the playoffs. Um, I think he, from what I saw, the, the Sanford dilemma of him just playing every fucking night, um, the weird lines we saw Hoffman starting the season, not on the first power play unit. Yeah. Um, a lot of weird decisions. Um, I'm going to be nice and give him a C minus just because I think he will do better next year. But um, right now I, it's it, basically, I will not be as generous next year if we see similar results. That, that I gave him a C minus two, same thing. And that's for the exact same reasons. His, his constant going to the well with Sanford uh, and his, his inability to understand where Hoffman goes. You know, I, I, at least, at least, you know, if you're using Hoffman in a certain way and he's not being productive and fans are clamoring, why aren't you using him here? Why aren't you using him on the power play? Why aren't you using, you know, why are you putting him on the third, fourth, third, fourth line? Uh, whatever. Uh, then it's like, you know what? And then he finally does it. And then they feed him and make him part of their integral plan with the power play. And he starts scoring goals and winning games for you down the stretch. It's like, why the hell was this? Why weren't you doing this? Why wasn't this the mindset sooner? Why weren't you? Why weren't you applying this methodology with him sooner? So that pissed me off. Um, and with Sanford too, going to the well with him was just like ridiculous. So I mean, those two players, those I'm alone. I, I don't have a huge issue with a lot of those stuff he did. Switching lines around, I get it. I mean, the team's struggling, you get injuries, I get it. But I mean, you've got a weapon and his is obvious one of the best power play snipes in the league. And you're not using him on the on the first power play, so I mean, in the second power play, Mike get out there for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, maybe a minute. Um, so yeah, I, it underutilized, and I think that 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 cost the Blues a little bit, and it pissed off Hoffman. And if they do, if they do want to bring Hoffman back, he's pissed. I mean, it, it's it's I mean, it's rumored he's pissed. Okay, but he seems to not have been happy with how he's been used this season. So if that's the case. And if they do want to bring him back, and he's nah, fuck you, I'll, I'll go somewhere else. Then if you then you've lost an asset that you might have otherwise had to use. So uh, I give uh, I give Ruby a C minus two. And then uh, GM Doug Armstrong. You know, um, I won't say what Armstrong or what uh, Rutherford said in his article, um, just because you should read it if you haven't. Um, but I I actually disagree with him here. I'm going to give Armstrong. A B plus, um, because I think that his response to Petrangelo, which let's face it, he tried to sign Petrangelo, and if we're this is if we're including over the summer, which I think you have to. No, well, I guess not summer, but you know what I mean, the off season. Um, he tried to sign Petrangelo. Petrangelo, to me, made it pretty fucking clear he was ready to move on. Yep. Uh, and so what'd he do? He went out and got the second best option there, and that was Tory Krug. Um, brought in Mike Hoffman for low money right at training camp because he knew they needed another sniper. Um, and then I actually applaud his effort of not making a trade at the deadline. I thought 
that the Blues could have uh, could have went on a run. You know, yeah, I think at the time there was only two or three games under their belt before the trade deadline, and people were saying that's not enough of a sample size. Well, guess what? When that happened, the Blues were not in the playoff picture. The goal is always to make it to the playoffs, right? And then anything can happen. They made the playoffs. I think he made the right call, giving his team a shot and seeing what they could do when they're healthy. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give him a B plus. I think he did a, a fine job this year. I've been a huge critic of, critic of him in the past. Uh, so it's not like I'm an Armstrong fanboy, but, uh, I think he did all he could this year as GM. I gave Armstrong a B and I think he did a, a good job this year. I think the only reason I didn't give him a B plus or maybe a little higher, uh, was maybe there was some miscommunication or what from, when he acquired Hoffman, because it was obvious that, you know, Armstrong wanted Hoffman, but it didn't seem like Bruby was very intent on using Hoffman the way he should have been used. So there was some kind of disconnect there, I think, between Armstrong and Bruby. So, uh, but I, I do, I, I, I like Doug Armstrong. I, I know that uh, some will be critical of him. I know Jeff has been and Bill has been too, um, but I've, I've pretty much been an Armstrong defender for the most part, um, except for the odd move here and there with Latera mainly and, and Berglund. <laughs> with the Berglund extension and the Latera extension, it was like, what the hell? But uh, no, I, 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 I solid B. I think, uh, you know, injuries and whatnot is, is something that he couldn't have foreseen. So, uh, and the, the team's performance, I think, uh, is, is indicative of, of, of all the injuries and issues and hurdles they've had to overcome. So, I think uh, that considering, I think he put this, we were, we all love this team coming into the season. So uh, I think, uh, I think a B is, is fair for me. We've got uh, some Jack Eichel talk and our protected lists after this word from center ice brewery. Center ice brewery is St. Louis's only hockey themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey inspired beers, such as old arena lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game or any game. Visit centereyesbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. So uh, Center Ice Brewery, a place we all love. Uh, Bill, not on the show tonight, but uh, Bill, I know, is a huge fan, just like Kurt and I. Um, I, This is very tentative, and I just wanted to go and share it, that uh, Kurt and I have been discussing possibly going there uh, maybe on Saturday for blues or for, for some playoff games, but I want to keep it. I want everybody to know it's not just an awesome hangout during blue season. It's great to watch any hockey games. It's great to watch any Cardinals games. So it's an awesome summer hangout as well. Uh, just anybody who has not been to center ice brewery, check it out as soon as you can in midtown, Again, we might be there this Saturday. Don't know for sure. But uh, I know we've talked about doing like an official Let's Go Blues radio hangout there sometime. Uh, I'd like to do that this summer. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But um, again, folks, make sure support local. 
If you're looking for a place to hang out for a night and watch a Cardinals game or watch some NHL playoffs, definitely Center Ice Brewery is the place to go to. Yep. And uh, if you were there a while back, um, they have a rotating beer series. So uh, they uh, they keep things fresh and new. So they always have a probably a couple new beers there that you maybe have not had. So uh, that's that's also an option for you. Uh, the uh, so th- you shared this, Jeff, before we went on the air. Uh, Elliot Friedman uh, said, uh, "Well, Blues fans, this might be your chance to get a crack at Buffalo Sabres captain Jack Eichel. In order for the Blues to receive Eichel, this is who they would have to give up, according to Elliot Friedman. Apparently, uh, the Blues would receive Jack Eichel, uh, two million dollars in salary retained by Buffalo, and 2021 third round." Uh, pick Buffalo's third round pick. The Sabres would get from the Blues Robert Thomas, Zach Sanford, Vince Dunn, and a 2021 first round pick and a 2022 first round pick. So your uh, your thoughts on that, Jeff? So it's two first round picks and uh, Thomas, Sanford, and Dunn. Too much? So not we, enough or good? We had a, a brief discussion, Kurt and I, before the show started, and, and I'll just kind of reiterate what I said. Uh, The thing that actually made me balk at this trade at first was the two first-round picks. Um, Before the Blues won the Cup, if you listen to this show, because we've been around that long, folks, Hmm. um, I did say I was tired of Doug Armstrong trading our first-round picks what seemed like every single year. Um, And I still feel that way. I feel like you still even... Post cup window, you still need to try and get your first round picks and at least build some talent. But uh, if you have a good scouting department, maybe you can afford to lose some of those first round picks. And so the question to me came down to okay, so basically, Zach Sanford, goodbye, see ya. Same thing with Vladimir Saboko when he was gone. Uh, no problem moving him. In my opinion, Vince Dunn, I said this earlier, good is gone. Uh, I think he's a guy that can be replaced. You got a Scott Perutovich coming up. Jake Wallman's looked great. Um, Nico Mikola has has proven that he could be an NHL defenseman. I think Vince Dunn's expendable. So, again, I'm okay with him being moved. So then it comes down to two first-round picks and Robert Thomas for Jack Eichel. Uh, with With salary retained, by the way. Um, I'm, I'm going to make that trade. Uh, I think I said a couple weeks ago, we talked about getting Eichel and I, I said no, because you don't need them. You've got plenty of centers. You need wingers of anything. Again, uh, Kerber's comments earlier today were the blues are lacking a, a first line left wing and he's right. But basically you're improving Robert Thomas for Jack Eichel. Not a bad deal. Jack Eichel is your first center, or maybe even your second center. Flip-flop, Eichel and, and Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly, and I think uh, Braden Shen moves to the wing. And you're talking about David Perron, if Tarasenko can come back and play well, if Mike Hoffman's back, that's a hell of a top six. And I'd hate to lose Robert Thomas, but I think the upside for Eichel is much bigger. We, we talked earlier in the show about getting better to beat Colorado. This would get us better. I mean, yeah. in the, I mean, in the, so we'd be giving up two first round draft picks, okay, which that stings. But um, Eichel was taken second overall 
in the first round in 15. So you're giving away a first-round draft pick, but you're getting a second overall pick who is now in his prime. So you don't even have to put in, you know, usually when you draft a player, you got to develop, you've got to, you know, go through a few years early on where he might not be as productive and still learning the game, the NHL game. But uh, granted, now you're also in the higher, you know, portion of the salary, which uh, his salary, I don't even know what he's, he's making quite a bit, isn't he? Let me look at Michael. I want to say 10, but I could be wrong. He is making 10. So that's, he'd be the highest paid player on the Blues by far. Um, and his but you're uh, salary retained two million per, retained per season. So he's a per season. So I think that's per season. Okay, if it's per season, that's eight. Then it's eight. And so that's at eight. And I think that's. that's I mean, 12, uh, your highest paid player retained. right now is is O'Reilly, right? At seven point five. Uh, so yeah, have it up. he would yeah. eclipse that. Yes, you're right. And Ter- Tarasenko yeah, O'Reilly and Tarasenko both at yep. seven point five. So yeah. I go would eclipse both those, which and I think so. is warranted. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, you have, you know, Schwartz and Bozak and come off the books, uh, possibly, you know, so I, you, you, you could have salary for that. So I, and again, but you got to replace the guys you lose too. So you're losing Thomas. I mean, that, that if this, if this kind of trade did happen, uh, this team is significantly different next year because there's no Thomas, there's no Sanford, there's no Dunn, there's probably no Schwartz, there's no Bozak. Um, we're getting other players to replace those guys. So this is a substantially different roster, quite a bit the turnover, uh, probably more of a tweak than uh, a lot of people are maybe expecting the Blues to make if they did do something like this. But And that's kind of dangerous well, because when you, when you tweak a roster that much, you worry about, you know, screwing things up. Plus, let's not forget, you're probably losing, you might be losing somebody part of your core, maybe not core is the right word, but you're losing somebody to Seattle and yeah. that could and, be a significant person. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's not, but maybe it is. So, I mean, I, I, I would do this because this is, I, Eichel is the kind of player that you would want to have. He's he, the last two seasons before the season, the last two seasons better than a point per game guy. So that's, that's pretty fantastic. Um, and that's the kind of guy you would need to go toe to toe with Colorado. Yeah. Now I agree because, because then you're looking at, uh, you know, right now, yeah, the one, two punch of O'Reilly Shen up the middle is fantastic, but then you're talking about having a one, two punch of Eichel O'Reilly. That is yeah. even a, a nicer one, two punch. So you go against Colorado, you go against Vegas in the playoffs next year and you got one line with Eichel, one line with O'Reilly. I mean, which one are you putting your your top guys against? It, it's a tough call. Uh, I agree, and I would do it. And even I love Thomas. I love Thomas. I think he's got a huge I upside. Too. I love him, but you got to give to get. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times, you know, they say trades are the, the best player in the trade is the team who wins wins the trade. And Eichel's the best player in this trade, and will be the best player in this trade. I mean, draft picks notwithstanding, you don't know who you're going to get. But uh, known players, known talent, uh, he is by far, and he will be the best talent. He's, he'll be a better player than Thomas will be when Thomas Plus, Let's just say, I mean, I, I'm I'm hoping no matter what, even if he does get traded, I'm hoping Robert Thomas has an excellent NHL career. Seems like a good kid and a guy who, who loves the game. And, and anyway, but 
Uh, how awesome would it be to trade somebody like Robert Thomas to Buffalo, get a guy like Eichel, Blues win another Stanley Cup, and Robert Thomas never pans out? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> How great well, you, would that to be do that you, to Buffalo again? Well, you want to you want to see you want to win the deal, and right. if the players you trade away don't pan out, you're like, ah, well, we dodged that bullet. They didn't pan out, so we we didn't have them here. I get it. I get it. Uh, so there was some talk about you know Perron made some comments about wanting to be here, and uh, he's got one more year on his contract. Do you extend Perron now or do you wait? Oh, you wait. I I, I think his you. his comments were tongue in cheek. He made a comment about um, something about like for eight uh, more years. <laughs> yeah, they said something like, "Do you want another contract to finish your career in St. Louis?" And he said, "Well, it had to be an eight year deal." Yeah, that was to me totally tongue in cheek. Oh, sure. Yeah, I don't. Um, I know a lot of people were like, "What? Oh my God, he'd be 40. And I'm like, "Yeah, I think he was kind of kidding there." But um, no, there's no rush to to sign him. I. I think I think he will sign now for whatever he will sign for all through next season. I think no matter what he does, even if he has just a ridiculous year last year, better than this year or next year, better than this year, I don't think David Perron is saying, oh, well, I could go and make $10 million in the open market. I think he's already got a number in his mind. He's at an age where he's happy where he's at. He's only signed contracts in St. Louis. I don't think there's any rush to resign this guy. I, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying you wait until the last day, but I'm saying there's no rush. You don't need to sign him right now. Let's, let's get to next season. Let's see what our roster looks like. Then you start talking about, okay, let's talk about resigning some of these guys. Puckeye 14 says, you got to wonder if there will be a condition. This is talking about Eichel. Got to wonder if there'll be conditions depending on Eichel's health regarding his neck. Yeah. And that was something I saw too, was you want to make sure that there's no issues with his neck. He's having that surgery and clearly. <laughs> yes. Is he? True. Because Buffalo doesn't want him to. <laughs> that was the yeah, word. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's why he wants out. Mm -hmm. I mean, among other reasons, I kind of feel sorry for Buffalo fans, Buffalo fans of just, too. Oh, the most tortured fan base in like NHL history. My God. Yeah. Such good hockey fans too. Every time you, you see like NHL like rating TV ratings, Buffalo is always at the top for like mm -hmm. TV watching. They love their hockey and they just have a team that's just somewhat it's ass every year. Garbage. Even with even when they think, Oh, we got talent this year. Nope. You, talent don't talent don't thrive in Buffalo. Mm -mm. For whatever reason. Uh, our uh, UFAs, Schwartz, Bozak, and Hoffman, who do we resign? Any of them? One of them? I guess it depends if we sign Eichel or not, or trade for Eichel. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot up in the air. Not even just Eichel. There's other trades that could be made that are going to uh, talk about this decision. And plus, you're not going to see any of these guys signed, by the way, until after the expansion draft. Um, I, and I think Armstrong even made a comment about that, that he already told Schwartz, like, you know, if we resign you, it's not going to be until after the expansion. So, um, which is just smart business because you don't want to have to protect anybody else. So sure. um, I'd like to, I'd like to resign Hoffman personally. Um, I'd like to see what else he could bring to this team. I think he's going to get decent money in the open market. So I don't know if we'll see him back. Yeah. I like 
Bozak, and it's going to be really hard to see him go, but I just think it's it's probably time. Unfortunately, he he came here, he helped his team get a cup, and he's played solid hockey for the Blues yes. overall. But he's played good. I think it's just it's just time to to unfortunately yeah. get younger. Um, and I've made my opinion on Schwartz pretty clear. I'm I'm ready to see him go. Uh, Blues need an improvement on their top six at left wing. I don't think Schwartz is that guy. If he takes a huge pay cut, uh, you know, a couple million, okay, bring him back. But that's not going to happen. He knows he's going to get money in the open market. So I'm, I wonder how much. I'm all how for. Much you, I mean, he's he's where is where am I going to pull it up here? Uh, Schwartz, five point three five. I got to think that. I don't think he gets much of a raise. He's going to get a raise. I don't he's think gonna... he gets any much of a raise. I think no. he might just get five to 5.4. I mean, he's only 28 too. And so, I mean, he's, yeah. he's, uh, I'm thinking five. I, I, I could I see a team signing him for five, but I do not want the blues signing him. For no, five. I think that's too much. I agree with you. And I think if the blues were bringing it back for me to be happy with it, I think I'm thinking four, four and a half. And I don't think he does that. I don't even think I'd want him for that much. You know, not four. I think he'd have to come. I think he'd come down to if he comes down to three point five. That's where I'd see it. But I don't think he does that at no, all. It's, I think he's 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 probably gone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And Hoffman. I think. I think. I like Hoffman. I, if they use him the way he's. I mean, five on five issues aside, you, know, you can play matchups. Be smart about it. Uh. And, but use him the death and the power play first power play every time. Feed him. Uh. And I think that's a good fit, but granted, he might want he might get more. You think he gets seven million? I don't think so. I don't think I don't think seven million is Hoffman. No, I, I don't. Think I'd so. say maybe maybe six. I don't I don't think seven. Man, I I mean, if he can get six elsewhere, great. But I'm like I I, I I mean, four is cheap. I don't even know if I do five for him here. That's that's tough. I think he's oh God. It's hard. Four and a half? Does he do that? Probably not. I think he's gone. I'd like to see him stay. I think he's gone. I would too. Uh, yeah, and Bozak is too old for me. Uh, I mean, I like him. I like the guy. I just I think you want to get younger faster. He's just one of those guys that has to go. You got to replace the faceoff stats with him, though, too. He's a good faceoff guy, real good faceoff guy. Yeah, he is. Um, and you have to hope that and Ivan Barbashev, which, you know, his numbers are good, too, but you got to hope that he's going to step up and, and play more yeah. uh, defensive zone face-offs uh, with Bozak on, but we'll see. And I think Schwartz may be overpaid somewhere else. So we'll yeah. see. And there's a lot of talent to let go to uh, – that's I mean, to, I mean, they're going to make – a lot of you think they're going to make more elsewhere. Bozak, not so much. He'll make less. I guarantee he makes less next year somewhere. But uh, Schwartz and, and Hoffman will probably make more, or ugh, maybe Schwartz on the same amount of money this year uh, as he does as he does next year. So I don't know. I think the Blues just man, this team is going to be different. I don't think people realize yeah. how different this team's going to look. Yeah, it's 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 going to have to be. Yeah. So then you got to worry about chemistry. You got the new guys you bring in. This is going to be interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. One of the more interesting off seasons in a while since 19, I guess, um, or 18 expansion draft, uh, in our blues protected lists. So we got a, the expansion draft is July 21st. I thought it was June 21st. It's a July 21st. 
And uh, so the Blues can protect. Let me pull it up here. Seven forwards. Oh, the, uh, the option two. Uh, with seven forwards, uh, three defensemen, and a goalie. Or combined eight forwards and defensemen and a goalie. So, what? Yeah. You 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 said you had some surprises on your on your yeah pre- so this originally is, this is sorry this is preliminary this is just a, uh, this is a well, kind of a last minute thing we decided to do more or less so this is yeah, we're gonna I, we'll do when, when Bill comes back on we'll kind of we'll, we may tweak these and and uh, whatnot but uh, th- right now this is kind of where we are with stuff yeah obviously trades could happen um, and then you know other things could happen so. Right now, these are just our list. So it's funny. I think I mentioned last week and maybe even the week before that I'm going with the eight-player option because I feel like there's not, in my opinion, I want to see turnover, especially on the defensive side. So, But then I started actually doing it, and I was like, well, wait a minute. I have seven forwards, so I might as well just do the seven, three, and one. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so because I was like, I've got seven forwards locked up, so I could do the eight and just keep one defenseman, or I could just keep two more players. So I decided just to go that route. So I'm doing the seven three one. My forwards: Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen, David Perron, Oscar Sundquist, Ivan Barbashev, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo. Defensively. And I think this is where you're going to see some surprises. Colton Pareko, <laughs> Marco Scandella, and Nico Mikola. And my goaltender, obviously, is Jordan Bennington. Now, you're probably asking, wow, why they keep Scandella and Mikola over Krug and Falk? I am asking Seattle to take one of these high-priced defensemen off our list. Because that money could be spent elsewhere. Now, Justin Falk had a ridiculous season, and I hope he does it again. But we've seen him for two years. He had a rough first year. He was good in the second year, but the Blues defense was shit overall. So I'm saying if you can coax Seattle into taking a Krug or a Falk and getting that money off the books – Maybe you can round out your defense better overall with uh, a couple guys that could be brought in either as free agents or trades. Um, And so that's why I'm sticking with Scandell and Bacola. Those guys, I think, could be staples on your blue line for the next couple years. Pareko, I was questioning whether I wanted to keep him or not after the year he had, but you have to think he's going to round back into the form he was before this season. So that's my reasoning. Probably way off from Kurtz. Let's hear what you got. Uh, I mean, defensively, yeah, we're we're different, but uh, offensively, we're almost the same. I and I went back and forth on this. Um, I protected O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and Tarasenko. I went back and forth on. I was so close to not protecting him, uh, but I think I think he's the kind of guy that I I I I. I I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt as far as uh, I want to see a full season with him a year removed from surgery and, and uh, hopefully healthy um, to see where he's at. So O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Shen, Peron, Sunquist, Tom, uh, Robert Thomas, and Kairou. Those are my forwards. Defense, 
I've got Falk, Krug, and Pareko. I've got the the big three to protect protected. Um, I don't think Mikola will be taken over Dunn. I think Dunn will be taken before Mikola. That's why I would not protect Mikola. I'm gonna bargain. I'm gonna. I'm not bargain. I'm gonna gamble that uh, Dunn gets taken because I don't. I would not like to lose Mikola. I, I like Mikola. Wallman too. Um, but he's again. Wallman is not available. So I. I think they would take Dunn. I think he's a flashier player. I think uh, he would be. He would put a few more fans in the seats. Put scores a few more goals. Uh, so I think. Uh, a bigger upside offensively. So I don't know, maybe something uh, that would be interested, interesting to a, an expansion team. And then my goaltender is obviously Bennington. Who did you protect? Uh, no, Patrick in, in my, uh, my uh, <laughs> defense that I kept all over six, four, that goes to tell you what type of defenseman I like. And, and again, man, Justin Falk was fantastic. And, and if, and, and I doubt the blues don't protect him. There's no so, way, but I just think if you could get that defense a little bigger, cover a little more ice, I think we'll see a little better defensive play next year. So every team will lose one player. You can't lose two. So once, so if you were Seattle and you're looking at this blues roster, who would you take? I mean, now granted, you don't know what their plan is, who they've taken before, you know, what their need is at the time. But just on the players available, who would you take? Off well, is it off my list? Who off I'm your keeping? List. Off your list, yeah. Yeah, so, well, Dunn stands out, like you said. I think Dunn is a guy that they could look at and say, there is some potential huge upside here. You didn't protect Tarasenko, but though. off my list, Tarasenko's available. So yeah. if I'm Seattle... For the very least, now I think they're going to sell out every game no matter what, but at the very least, the excitement of getting a Vladimir Tarasenko on your roster whew, and taking a flyer and hoping he can get back to the way yeah. he was, Yeah. I mean, I think you got to do it. you gotta, you got to bite the bullet there and hope that he's going to come back and, and round out into the player he was. But I, I think at the end of the day, knowing what Armstrong's probably going to protect – um, I think it's got to be Vince Dunn. Well, uh, Burby's uh, interview that he did with ESPN Radio, um, he, uh, I think it was the interview, it was an article. Either way, he said that uh, he looked forward to Tarasenko having a healthy season next season uh, and uh, yada, yada, talked about him. So I think if... Armstrong and Brube had any conversations whatsoever about who they're protecting. Brube seemed to imply that he feels Tarasenko will be here next year vis-a-vis -vis he'll be protected. So we'll, yeah. I, I, that, that's the impression I got from him. So, and I, and I can't imagine the blues not protecting him. I just, I can't either. I, I mean, even though I get, it, I totally do. I get it. I get leaving him exposed. Like you, I, I, I respect your list, uh, your, your forwards anyway. Uh, yeah. uh <laughs> I, I do. Um, and I, and I, I get it. Um, dangling Tarasenko out there, um, with the shoulder surgeries and whatnot, I get it. But I, I think the blues protect him. And I, th and I think I would too, but man, it's close. It's so close. 
you I mean you have to wonder even let's just say they say let's let's just see if they don't take him let's let's protect somebody else use that spot for somebody else you do have to wonder I mean Seattle like I said they're gonna say oh you know Jersey sales could bounce back blah 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 but again if it's up to if it's him and it's Vince Dunn and it's maybe there's somebody they've scouted that they're really high on uh maybe they do say well we don't want this 7.5 million dollar player we want somebody who's going to step in and, and play above their pay or yeah play above their play pay grade of the two players would you rather uh, would rather Seattle take Tarasenko or Dunn I'd rather they take Dunn okay so why not protect Tarasenko and then force the issue there and so they don't take Tarasenko because then uh, you think I don't know I'm just Spitball. Well, the difference in our forwards was you kept Tarasenko and I kept Barbashev, right? Right. So you think they would take Barbashev over Dunn? That's why you. I think him? there's potential. I think there's potential. They I would. think. And again, this is all based on their drafting philosophy and who they 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 are taking off other rosters too. So we don't know yet. But um, I Dunn is also cheap. He's not going to get a raise. Um, no. He's making one point eight seven five. He's an RFA. He's it he might make about the same, so he's going to be cheap. Uh, Barbershev too. He's cheap. I was going to say uh, he's he's not making much. One point four. He's cheaper than Dunn, but I think Dunn has a lot more. You know, Dunn's an offensive defenseman, so uh, teams that that get goals from the defense tend to do quite well, and that's you know mm-hmm. points from your from your from your blue line aren't cheap, and Dunn's cheap, so. I think that's a it's a it's interesting. It's gonna be very actually fascinating to see who gets taken and who's actually protected. Man, Tarasenko will be pissed if he's not protected. Oh He'll yeah, he'll be upset. Oh yeah, man. if he's oh man, if he's not protected and he's not taken, Ooh. oh I think I think I think you might have an issue. <laughs> he might have an issue with he your, might he might your star player. He might that might light a fire under his butt. It might. Yikes. Hmm. All right. Uh, we got a couple comments. Um, what do you think about the uh, Miko, Miko Sheehan? says, what do you guys think about going after Saad? Now, what is Saad is he a free agent? Is he? Let me see. I don't even have free agency up. Let's see. Let's I don't second. either. Vamp. I should look. Uh, Saad, yeah, he'll be a free agent. Um, take a run at him. Why not? Uh, decent left wing. I don't. I don't think he gets you a ton more production than Schwartz. But if you can get him at a good price, honestly, even at five million, I think I'd rather have him than than Schwartz. So, um, yeah, why not? Take a shot at him. Yeah, he will be wanting. Why is Ovechkin on here? Ovechkin's going to be a free agent. He is, isn't he? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I didn't. Well, how, they okay. haven't resigned him yet. So it's a Veshkin, Getzloff, Taylor Hall, Krejci, Rask. Ooh, Rask. Uh, Line, Stasny. There's some good names on here. Zetterberg. Yeah, uh... Zetterberg's available. Oh, thank God. Yeah. We should sign Hendrick Zetterberg. Uh, Saad, Dubinsky, Steen. <laughs> it's Mark Stahl, Landeskog. Landeskog. Ooh, swiping from Colorado. Uh, uh, we got uh, Puck Guy 14. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, you already read that one. Brandon Toma says, 
Do you think the Blues need a more physical player like they previously had, like Maroon or Reeves? Um, I wouldn't. Again, under a Baruby style, I do think you need a little more physicality. So depending on where you slot him in the lineup, yeah, I think you could use a more physical player out there. I mean, they got to skate. I mean, uh, uh, more physical, uh, like a physical, more physical than Clifford and can uh, be more productive than Clifford. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's, I think any team would want that. I, I think that's been nice. That's a power forward kind of player. I think that'd be great. But I don't, I don't, uh, and to be honest, I mean, I, this is going to rub people the wrong way. I've said it before, though. So it shouldn't be a big deal. But Maroon wasn't very good here. I mean, he no. <laughs> he had he had a couple of really nice goals in the playoffs, and he had he played on an effective fourth line. But production wise, you know, point wise, he didn't. And during the season, people forget like late into that season, like with 15, 16, 17 games left, people wanted him gone. People wanted him exposed the trade deadline. We talked on this show about uh, Patrick Berglund. Would you rather have him or Pat Maroon? Like that was a real discussion. <laughs> it was a discussion, I know. <laughs> and it sounds stupid because he. I mean, I think I think Maroon. His time here was, and I like Maroon, but he it's over overvalued um, to some degree. Right. But again, that fourth line in the playoffs was very effective. Great fourth line. Uh, I, I and 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 Maroon, but I just he didn't really contribute offensively like he was you know hope i mean i I expected more out of him from and he didn't do anything during the regular season until late so yep not that the regular matters physical player brandon's question bringing back a physical player there's a guy that i've had my eye on for years and i think especially now with peruby as the head coach would thrive in the blues system and it's a team that didn't make the playoffs probably looking to make some changes Columbus Blue Jackets, Boone Jenner. That's a guy I'm looking at right now. I would love to see him in a Blues jersey. I think he would fit in very well with this team. The only issue, he's a center too, but he has played left wing in the past. So I think if well, you could find a way to maybe go and get a guy like that, and then Calgary, another option, not saying they want to trade Matthew Kachuk, but they've got other guys, other talent they can play in a top six that they'd probably be willing to move at this point after missing the playoffs. You've got options is what I'm saying. There's plenty of teams to look at for trades and uh, that'll you know, be willing to just maybe do a change of scenery type trade. What does Boone Jenner I'd make? love to see it. He'd be a nice replacement uh, for Bozak. He's a, uh, he's a good faceoff guy. Yeah, he is. So uh, let's see. Uh, he is making 3.75. So, yeah, I mean, Granted, I mean, guys might want raises, but uh, I, he he's had he'd uh, well not really a down year. I mean, twenty it's... he's twenty seven. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. solid player. I've I've always loved his game. So that's a guy that I'd be eyeing this year. And, and if I'm Doug Armstrong, I'm he's one of the guys that I've got on my radar. Yeah, possibly. I... Hey, they didn't make the playoffs. Maybe well, this guy's available. Well, you figure Bozak's leaving, and you got to replace him. So if you could bring in Boone Jenner to replace Bozak, maybe a little cheaper. Uh, that's interesting. I'm with you. Uh, we got a comment from Jason Smith, Avs fan. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, is this the same Jason Smith that caused the turnover in uh, the Calgary <laughs> series? <laughs> Jason Smith, Avs fan, uh, but love the show. 
most as fans uh, realize had St. Louis been healthy would have been closer, but how it goes, we were down to third string goalie and had like uh, six other regulars out versus Dallas in the bubble. Yeah, they uh, had uh they had was it Michael Hutchinson was in goal for them last year in the Oh last the year, bubble? last year. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it was just and they, I think they won a game with him. And it was like yeah. wow. He also he goes on to say some blues fans did say you would have won the series if you had all your guys. To your credit, you didn't say that. When you, you get swept, can't go there. That's true. Uh, Avs and Bubble took Dallas to overtime of Game 7 despite massive injuries. Uh, you know, uh, first off, Jason, uh, congratulations on your team winning the series. They were by far the better team uh, in the yes. series So and, and in the season. So um, that was well-deserved. Uh, I And I, I will say this. Um, I would have liked to have think the Blues would have put up a better fight. I thought the Blues, healthy, a healthy Blues team had a shot at beating Colorado. I don't say I want to pick them to beat Colorado, but I thought they had a shot based on a number of things we talked about, the play down the stretch, how the Blues were basically playing equivalent to Colorado down the stretch, had a better power play, a better penalty kill uh, last month in the season. So I was you know, optimistic in that regard, and then that trend would continue, but that didn't at all, and Colorado played lights out uh, against us for the most part in the series. So how uh, the Blues got better as it went along, but... You know, you just, I mean, Colorado is just too good. So, uh, and again, congrats. I think, and was there a question there about that? Or was just commenting on the series? <laughs> yeah, I just got, and, and you know what? I, I think the, uh, probably social media is distorting what reality is. I think, oh, I think if, yeah. uh, what Blues fans really probably, I would hope mean, if they had a healthy season and these guys played together all year, maybe it's a different outcome. If it's, oh, well, David Perron's fine and Justin Falk doesn't get hurt in game two and Tarasenko doesn't have groin injuries, I don't know how much of a difference that makes. I don't think it's maybe you're talking about a, a one or two game swing, but I think overall Colorado still wins that series. But if the season goes differently, the entire 56 games, then into the playoffs, no injury, I don't want to say no injuries, but minor injuries. I think maybe you see a different... Well, first of all, they probably don't even play each other. St. Louis mm -hmm. is probably number three, and they're playing Vegas. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm just saying that I think that a full season would have changed things. But yeah, having a healthy roster just before playoffs, no groin injuries for Tarasenko, whatever. You know, Pareko's fine at, right at that point. I don't know if it makes a huge difference. And you've you know, you've got to be... You have to get bounces. We, we we saw this when the Blues in 19, when they made their cup run. You've got to be good, and you've got to get lucky and get bounces, and you got to get timely goals. And that's just, I mean, and that's and then timely goals is kind of reflects back on uh, getting your bounces. So, yep. and the Blues got none of that. They, and I'm not going to blame officiating for the loss in the series by any means, but I didn't like the officiating. I thought it was terrible. It's always terrible. I've said it before. But um, it was it wasn't it wasn't an evenly called series either. There was a there was a number of calls I thought should have gone against Colorado that didn't. But again, that's not that wouldn't have made a difference either in the series anyway. Uh, just a number of things the Blues had to try and overcome. You know, it's it's hard enough to beat Colorado anyway, being the team they are, and then to actually try and you know deal with some of these calls too. It just you know makes it almost impossible. So, uh, and the COVID stuff and the injury stuff. 
it's just a mountain of stuff for the Blues to overcome. It just was not in the cards for them this year. Uh, and like I said, Avalanche rightfully moved on. So thanks, Jason. Uh, Hotard12 says, did you talk about Eichel? Yes, we did. Yes. Yes, we did, buddy. Well, uh, sorry, we're, we're not going to go back into that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're about ready to wrap it up uh, after, uh, I guess we say, who you got winning the cup? Uh, well, the team that I picked, and I'm not 100% confident on it, the team I picked going into the playoffs was the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, although, honestly, I could it, Tampa advanced tonight. I could see Tampa repeating. I think they've got a damn good roster. Man, I just, you know what? Colorado, and I hate to, to hate to pick them because they're like everyone's picking them, but I, but I, you know, seeing them in the four game series and how they elevated their play, they were good anyway. And then they just played out of this world against us. If they do that, if that's how they're going to play the rest of the way, I don't know how anybody beats them. I just, I just don't. I, they're so yeah. good. Um, and I, and I hate saying that because, because I hate Cronky with a passion. Piece of shit owner. He's an awful, awful fucking person. Um, and I don't want to see him win anything ever. Uh, but I guess me picking them isn't me rooting for them. So I guess it was that. Would, would he even know if they won? <laughs> he has to be told. <laughs> hey, go get Stan. Hey, he's out. He's out in the hey, money bin. Hey, hey, by the way, the uh, the Avalanche won uh, won their championship. Uh, yeah. Well, what uh, what sport are they again? Yeah. Basketball? <laughs> Is it the Nuggets? You mean the Nuggets, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I mean I I can't I I can't pick against Colorado after seeing them in this series. I mean they I we saw them during the regular season and they were really good, but they were even better in the playoffs. And I just and, I mean Kadri will be out, but I don't think they miss him a ton. So I mean No. It's No, they got guys that can step up. Yeah. Clearly. I mean he didn't play in the last two and a half games and they still swept the blues. Uh, Jason Smith says, uh, more than one thing can be true at the same time. Blues are better than they showed. Uh, those guys, uh, it was a, those guys out was a big factor, but Avs are also better, but I expect St. Louis to be back. Still a lot of champions on that team. Yeah. I mean, most of this team was on the cup uh, team. So, but uh, we talked about earlier that there's been a lot of, a lot of turnover. This yeah, off I was going to say, there's going to be some changes this off season. So we'll see. Look for that. I mean, not, not because of how they played just because of the way contracts are structured and, and direction they want to go. So, and hey, Kurt, if uh, if people want to hear about um, you know these changes the Blues might be making, um, there's probably a weekly podcast or radio show that they could tune into to hear uh, analysis of those deals, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you get. I mean, that's locked on Blues podcast. The one of one of the worst. <laughs> Okay, so uh, but the let's go blues, let's go blues dot com, let's go blues radio. You know, we're we're year round. Uh, we'll be doing shows this summer. Uh, Jeff's doing his thing with some interviews. Uh, we'll do some uh, shows for the uh, exp- uh, expansion draft, entry draft, free agency news, all kinds of good stuff. So yeah, it, it, I don't think uh, the other shows are gonna do. It's not a knock on them. I'm just saying that this is what we're doing. Because we're proud of it uh, to go year round. We've done doing this for a. We've done the year-round thing for a few years now, three or four years now. Yep. So uh, yeah. uh, since eighteen, I believe. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that, and next year will be our tenth season of doing this. So ten straight, which is fantastic. Uh, so our next season might is that going to start next week? 
Well, we typically don't start the season uh, until like our uh, like training camp starts. So okay. uh, we'll figure it out. I'm not. We'll we'll set a date for the 10th season to start. Maybe we'll try and make it in the actual month to celebrate the anniversary, 10 years. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see. Uh, Hotard says, "I'd love to see the Leafs just for Joe." I'm with you. I'm a Joe Thornton fan. I'm Fuck not. yeah. I'm not. I'm with you, Hody. Fuck Thornton. I don't care about that. Uh, by the way, Hotard 12, that's uh, the guy commenting. That is our winner of the Ponder Cup this year. <laughs> so, again, big yeah. congratulations to Mr. Greg Hotard. Uh, the whole win it for Joe thing kind of turned me off. I mean, I, I mean, I, not to, I know the Tilltown folks. I mean, I think they'd like to see Thornton win it with Toronto. I, mean, I don't, who, are they oh, rooting, yeah. Are they rooting for Thornton? Okay. Yeah, I Hang just, I think, I think I got a little sick of the winner for Thornton thing. I was like, oh, you know, he, he for hit, Bobby. That was yeah, always my thing. Right. And they had their shot when uh, they beat us in, in uh, 16. So, right. They got there. They had the, he had a shot. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't quite get yep. it done. So that was the shot. Yep. And uh, they had some damn good teams in the early 2000s that couldn't get it yeah. done either. Yeah. I mean, and we were, I mean, we, we, we were in that boat for a long time, had some damn good teams and couldn't get it done. Finally did. Uh, Blues three five three one not for Joe but for the Leafs. Yeah, after we ended our huge drought, I would be okay with seeing someone else do that. Uh, their last cup was in sixty seven, the year before the Blues yep. entered the league. So, uh, you know, I, you know what? what? I mean, as much as much as I want to see the Golden Knights because I want to see them beat the Avalanche. Uh, now that there's a game seven between Minnesota and Vegas, give me Minnesota, baby. I they deserve a Stanley Cup. That city, they've never had one. That's true. That's a good point. I'd be I I would be for that. Um, yeah, let Minnesota come out of it. That's fine. Let Minnesota come out because then then neither Vegas then Colorado wins it. I don't have to <laughs> root against them. Yep. Uh, I'll root for Minnesota. Um, I for some reason I like the tortured Toronto fans, so I kind of I kind of like having them not win it. So it's just kind of <laughs> com- it's comical to me. So I enjoy that. If they win it, then all of a sudden they've won one, and oh my god, if Toronto wins it. Their fans are annoying enough as it is. And if they win a cup, holy shit. No thanks. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that shit. Well, nah. and, and and it's just that hockey mecca is Toronto. So to see them without the Stanley Cup for this long, it's kind of fun. It is funny. Kind of and fun. It, it seems unreal. That I mean, it's been yeah. 50, 60 years? No, no, 50, what? 50 BC. 50 for four years. Five, four, five, whatever it is. Yeah. So. Hmm. Oh, Kurt, man, we've got a Blues goaltender in the chat right now. I see him. How about I that? S- I see him. Daddy Padre, who is the Blues e-bug, yeah, uh, is in the chat. Just says, "Hey, man. Hey, Daddy Padre. Thanks for joining the show. We appreciate it. We're getting ready to wrap up. It's yeah. unfortunate you're joining now." But, uh, yeah, enjoy your uh, enjoy your uh, your Twitter. I follow you on Twitter, and you were a good follow. Oh yeah, he's, he's a great Twitter follow. He's, very, he's just uh, just very, a Daddy Padre, right? I believe so. Uh, it's a and it, it uh, yeah Tyler Stewart. Yeah, he, he's a, a very a matter. Little, of, give a little plug here. Yeah, a very matter of fact, uh, uh, common sense kind of a follow. So yep, it's good. It's good stuff. Uh, Daddy underscore Padre P A D R E for anybody yeah. who does not follow him. Great yeah. great Twitter follow. Yep, good stuff. And he just chopped in to say the the one and only e bug. That's him. 
I I did. I'd be interesting. Is I mean, there were there were no e bugs this season or last, right? In the bubble. Yep. So. Oh wow! We got another uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Tom Welcher, fifteen. Says thanks for the plug, boys. Yeah, that was uh, well, earlier in the show. I gave you a plug for your uh, yeah. your hilarious tweets about uh, I didn't. The, the Biddington thing. <laughs> I didn't. I Jeff did. did. I did. <laughs> I didn't. I was I was the negative Nancy. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Wow, you yeah. guys are all tuning in right here. At yeah, the we're here to leave the show. Maybe they've been listening. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe this is their best part. Their their favorite part. They're like, hey, they're closing up. This yeah. Is- We'd stop hearing them talk. Can't wait until they get off the air. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Welcher is my agent, says Daddy Padre. Good to know. He's got a side gig, Welcher. There you go. Good for him. All right. Well, I think we should wrap it up. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a long show. Uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by Manscaped, the best in men's blow the waist grooming products. Get twenty percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code LGB. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. I think uh, Mr. Walter needs some Manscaped products. Uh, I think he. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why do you say that? No, I'm just saying. I mean, he's a. I mean, he, he's he's a, looks like a guy that could use some scaping. Well, he's a good-looking man. He's got he's got a great head of hair on him. So maybe he does have some excess you know, potty hair. Who knows? Hey, hey, uh, hey! Uh, when you trim the bushes, the tree stands taller. There you go. That's that's, that's all that's you got. Exactly true. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just ask my wife. That's right. Literally, ask her. Ask uh, Ponder's wife, please. Next time you see uh, Jessica Ponder out walking around, go ahead and ask her about her husband's manscaping. And he wants to talk about the press conference. <laughs> a little um, late there, Daddy Padre. <laughs> I, uh, we can, I mean, you know, uh, we can talk about it on Twitter. <laughs> uh, and by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment in your DNA. Visit rockin'thatidlife.com for more information. That's rockin'thatidlife.com. And get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745. And tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their awesome tap room. While you're there and enjoying a number of their fantastic beers, you can admire the bar top and tables made from authentic arena wood. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode 37 of season 9 which is franchise episode number 303 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks to everyone who tuned in and participated in the live chats during the live show. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we've been bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and the Missing in Action Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Uh, The Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? Only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis blues. The blues are 
blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.